0: Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're gonna love. What's up, Ufo It's your UFO guy, Rob Kristofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we
1: dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. In gray we trust.
2: Hello, five listeners. Welcome to Perhaps It's You. An unofficial fan rewatch podcast of the classic television series Unsolved Mysteries. I'm Samantha. I'm Les. And we're here with two very special guests. Say hello, very special guests.
1: Hello. Hello.
2: We're here with Mike and Josh from the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast, who very graciously dedicated another afternoon to this podcast <laughs> that isn't even theirs.
1: <laughs> This is such a loaded episode. Uh, people don't, we could make a documentary on how hard this episode was. to. like Oh
2: my goodness. Yeah, we talked a little bit on our Q&A episode last week about how bad we feel that we wasted all of your time.
1: No, it's but not. Here, here
2: we are again. You guys are very gracious um, coming on our podcast, even though we screwed up last time.
1: Dude, it's not yeah, that it's it's really not that big of a deal. You like don't beat yourself up over it. I mean, like the amount of people out there who are starting their podcast for the first time, and like these are issues that everyone runs into, and uh, you know it's all behind the scenes stuff that no one hears, so it's cool.
0: Josh was just learning that when we say <laughs> we are not professionals, he was learning the extent to which that was true, <laughs> as he told us various things like turn up the gain, and we went. Bleh. What does Ooh. that mean? And then we literally sent him a picture of our mixer because we didn't understand what he was he was saying. Also, we have a little bit of a different setup today. Samantha and I are sharing one mic. It's a tiny bit awkward. I feel like I'm going to accidentally kiss her as we both.
2: I'm basically sitting in Liz's lap right now. We're talking around one microphone because literally we are, are not experts. We probably don't even have the correct setup. Uh, somehow it works every week. Yeah, um, But we, when you introduce two more people into the mix, it's, things get more complicated. We keep yep.
0: going. Oh, podcasting is so easy. Don't worry about it. And then any question, we're like, I don't know. It just works.
1: <laughs> but you know what? It's going to sound great.
0: We just plugged a bunch of
2: stuff in and recorded
0: It's just magic.
3: You know, well, a podcast fairy comes along every now and then and sprinkles some dust on things and yeah. everything works out.
2: I think it's Robert Stack's ghost, actually. And you know what? It's going to sound great because we're not doing anything with the audio. Josh has very graciously agreed to edit it together for us. So I don't want to take that credit because if we were responsible for this... It probably wouldn't even happen. So I mean, thank you very much.
0: We can't even get two mics to Mike's work right now. So <laughs> oh.
2: here we are. Anyway, how is it going, you guys? Josh, I really want to know how the, the possum
1: oh my is yes. going. Possum
3: awesome cast.
1: Yeah, I knew this was gonna happen. Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> please tell us if you finally caught the possum that's living in your house. Or did you just decide to make him pay rent and you could just stay?
1: No, the possum is freeloading. Uh, I discovered a possum living in my house uh, f- many weeks ago. I heard, like, claw mo- like claw sounds underneath my bathtub. And uh, there's, like, a panel in my back closet. And I pulled the wooden panel back, and it exposes the piping to the bathtub. And you can also see, like, a little space between the inside wall and the, in- the underneath, like, of, of the bathtub. And when I pulled that panel back, there was a possum just burrowed up in there
0: oh my god
1: it was frightening our eyes met and (laughs) and there was fear in both of our eyes i closed the panel back immediately taped it up with several layers of tape and i have attempted to capture this possum because there's a hole underneath my house that he keeps coming out of um or she i don't i I actually i don't know i'm guessing it might actually be a she because i think it's trying to have kids (laughs) have it have its it's babies in your house
3: she loves you, Josh. She wants you to be the
1: father to her baby. Well, let me tell you something. These <laughs> possums are, are resilient bastards. Adorable. Well... They're adorable. <laughs> They're adorable until you get to the tail because it's like you look wow. at the face and it's like, okay, it's got like a little pig nose. That's kind of cute. And it's furry. And then it's like you get to the tail. It's like this lizard, scaly, reptilian. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what kind of leftover pieces did you evolve from? Like, but yeah, I, I set a trap outside and it would go into the trap and the door slammed shut. And this thing is just able to push the trapdoor open with its dumb possum head yeah, and they're it...
2: smart. They're you, smart. Yeah, are we calling the possum dumb, Josh? Have yeah. you have you captured this possum? The yet? possum hasn't captured <laughs> you and you have escaped. <laughs>
0: You've captured the possum and the possums escaped. I heard the
2: possum ate all your pizza. Is that also true?
1: <laughs> man <laughs> these
2: are rumors flying around the
1: interwebs. you get you you got you got your notes right on point it did in fact eat all of my pizza <laughs> i don't understand how it's not constipated honestly it ain't all of your it ate all the cheese pizza it, there's none left stuffed crust to Cause, boot cause, so i mean that's a lot of cheese ate it. you
3: know the possum can ralph it back up maybe
2: all right josh that's enough about your possum we're here to talk about unsolved mysteries. Wait, I do have to find out if the possum has been captured yet.
1: Is there an update on the possum? Is is that? There... <laughs> yeah, I heard it like three seconds ago clawing around under my... It's oh. still there.
2: You could invite the possum on the podcast if yeah. it's available.
1: The amount of people <gasps> possum who... Possum <cast. laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things with Mike's toe, and that became a legend. Now it's the fucking possum with me. Hey,
0: we were going to ask about Mike's toe in the Q&A. We're not
1: going to spoil Mike. it, I...
0: Mike, how's your
3: toe? It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It, it looks fucking weird, but it's fine.
0: Several people asked about it. Clearly, the world wants to know. All right, we've alienated everyone. This is really going to be about unsolved mysteries. If you're following, we promise. Along on, we promise. You're following along on Amazon. We're on season one, episode twenty-three. There are four. We're
3: almost done. We're season
1: one.
2: We have one more episode
3: after yes. this.
1: Oh, before we which start, which is kind of amazing. I just want to say that, like, uh, the old lady who lives next door to me, she, I guess, decided to have her lawn care people come <laughs> right now, and and I think they're literally holding their lawnmower up to my window. <laughs> I think they've picked the lawnmower up off the ground and are taking their hands and pushing the lawnmower up against my window right now because it is like right outside my door. First
0: of all, that old lady is really a ghost. Second of all. <laughs> She's jealous that you haven't invited her on the podcast yet, and this is clearly revenge. Yeah, think about it.
1: Yeah, because now she's got the weed eater up against the window too. So <laughs> There's, it's
3: a whole con- it's a whole conspiracy, Josh. The the ghost lady is the one that placed the possum in your house. <gasps> oh, it oh God. all
2: makes sense. I'm also I'm picturing Josh's new podcast where him and a possum and an old woman sit around a table and record. <laughs> oh, you mean Possum Cast,
0: <laughs> the number one podcast oh my on gosh. iTunes.
1: <laughs> Guys, the 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 crazy, wacky disagreements we get into on this podcast, you've got to check it out. Possum cast coming out in March. I'm wondering, the logo I'm wondering... Is
0: you getting eaten by a possum? It's just like well, your body sticking out of a possum's mouth.
1: I just want somebody to do like a, an animation. Well, what of... do you think the possum would sound like, Josh? I don't know. Ah! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was good.
3: Thanks for that, Liz.
2: That was... Liz's impression of a pup. Sam, how did you enjoy that
1: right in your ear? Was that was that lovely?
2: It wasn't too bad. Okay. Love, I'm used. Listen, we recently got some feedback about our laughter, um, and how shrill and cackling we are. Yeah, so they like clearly Stop I'm just cackling used to it. like
3: a witch. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's a compliment. Yeah, if they had called us witches, that would have been, we would have appreciated that email. But instead, we were called cackling hens, which we don't appreciate. Oh,
1: yeah. So I I understand that you ladies are not, in fact, Satanists.
2: You're not. (laughs) Now, we've backed away from our our pro-Satanism stance. We're still pro-Satan. That that has not changed. However, we do not appreciate the Church of Satan as much as we once did.
0: We've learned, we've. We've educated ourselves. We learned more about Satanism, and then we went. No, this is not for us. I don't think.
1: You know what's funny? What I find funny is that you you guys can talk about how you're Satanist and all that. Not 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 a single maybe like one 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 star review on your iTunes. We mentioned Satan on our podcast. We have twelve new one star <laughs> reviews. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess more Satanists listen to us. I'm not really sure. Well, not anymore.
1: Well, since I we've guess uh, we're going to
3: get 12 church. more uh, bad reviews when we get around to doing the Satanic Panic series because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hate that sh- I mean, yeah, That's if shit. we sit there and we're like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we totally agree with everything that happened
3: <laughs> on the Satanist side. We're actually going to
2: have a little ceremony after this. With someone. I'm
3: imagining you both in like Negle like that one chick. Don't on, do you know, that. <laughs> What? Jeez, Mike.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's after the podcast. That's what I'm when thinking. we after have, we we have our just, seances, I'm not. I'm not trying shed. to be.
3: I'm just. I, I'm just seeing the same kind of similarities between that crazy chick from uh, Unsolved oh, yeah. Mysteries. Oh
2: and... yeah, Anne. Yeah, it was Anne. Yeah. It was Anne, and we appreciated her <laughs> Satan witchcraft, voodooism. She was. She apparently had a wide spiritual practice. Yeah. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries didn't really like Anne, but we we thought she was great.
1: So we've recorded this podcast previously, like literally everything we're about to talk about, we've already talked about last week. So I'm going to be saying the same jokes and the same corny lines. (laughs) Liz and Samantha and Mike are all going to laugh at them like it's the first time they've heard it. And, uh, you know, we'll all learn a little bit about acting in theater today, you know, like pretending that shit's funny.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: so we'll, we'll get a taste
3: of what it's like to be Jimmy Fallon. Oh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: all right. Should we get into this mystery? I'm really excited to talk about mystery one. See, the other thing about this is that we gave you guys like the worst mysteries, (laughs) yeah, we've done since, and I it was not intentional, but (laughs) somehow you drew the short, short straw coming on our podcast talking about some pretty boring ass mysteries. But my first mystery. Is great. So I'm looking forward to talking about it.
1: Well, we had already we had already done the ones that y'all are gonna talk about, so that's that's why I was like, Well, you know, Liz and Sam should cover these, you know, Patsy and um whoever the other person is. Gus. Gus. Hey, Gus. Uh, because we've already done segments on on those two. So I wanted to hear what y'all's take uh was. But yes, we did draw some short ass straws with that being <laughs> said.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think our take the last time we recorded this was perfect and hilarious,
2: and this will be a slightly watered-down version
1: of that. Absolutely. It will,
2: because also, the when did we watch this fucking episode? Like three weeks ago yeah, now? I don't know. And did I rewatch it before we did this podcast today?
1: No, I didn't. <laughs> Nor did I. Uh,
2: so, this first mystery is about Gus Hoffman, as we said. Gus was 22, no, 20 years old. He was an avid musician and motorcycle rider, in October 1977, he acquired an old Harley Davidson Sportster and spent a lot of time, effort, and money restoring it to mint condition. The make and model of the bike was popular not only with aficionados, but also criminal bikers, according to... <laughs> the worst kind of bikers. <laughs> the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. Uh, and may, this may have regretfully made Gus a target. Because of this, his parents wanted him to sell the bike, he agreed to do it once he finished refurbishing it basically his parents were total squares oh yeah totally yeah. uh this is just weird i think we talked about this actually i know we talked about this the last time we recorded this like this like idea of like bikers being criminals and like it's yeah. just not it's just not really the case anymore like liz always likes to say that the only people who have motorcycles are dentists Retired, the only person that
0: can afford a Harley Davidson is in the retired orthodontist. (laughs) Because Harley Davidsons are really expensive. And an average person can't get them.
1: Not only that, but there's been like a study that's come out that's shown that millennials just really aren't into motorcycles like the previous generations were. So the audience for Harley Davidsons is quickly aging out of, uh, you know, buying motorcycles and riding them around and, you know... If if there is a type of motorcycle that millennials do buy, it's usually those, like, Kawasaki crotch rockets, and they're not, you know, the big choppers.
0: I mean, we've come a long way from, like, the Wild One movies. And now, I think the last biker movie that came out had fucking John Travolta and Tim Allen in it. <laughs> Wild so,
1: Hogs?
2: Yeah. I'm not sure they have the same glamour. <laughs> I knew glamour. Blake was going yeah. <laughs> to Ch- chime in with the name of that so, movie. Oh, Wild Hogs? I watched that last movie.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're learning. You're learning how he is, his various isms.
0: Um, I, some of the glamour is definitely gone, I
2: think. Um,
0: I well,
3: that know. movie sucked, so that didn't help either. <laughs>
2: did not help. So on July 4th, 1978, he showed off his bike to his brother and told them that he was going to take the bike out for a short ride. However, he never returned. Gus's mother, Rose, became concerned and contacted the police. The police told her that nothing could be done until 48 hours after he was reported missing.
3: That's so lame. Yeah, because the
2: police were worthless in this segment.
3: But, I mean, that's how it is, I think. I think that's how it still is, right? It's like 48 hours. So I can not
0: really anything. it has to be. I think it depends on the jurisdiction and some other things. But it's just yeah. ridiculous if you actually know there's a problem that you have to wait a full 48
1: hours. I just wanted to burn this joke off real quick that I that I used last anyway. podcast. Now, now <laughs> this, this story sounds like, like how it's starting off. The parents want him to sell his bike. He doesn't want to do it. He gets involved in a street gang. This sounds like it could be... An Unsolved Mystery Story, or it could be a 1980s coming-of-age teen movie.
0: (laughs) Or it could have been one of those after-school specials to to teach you to, like, you should have stayed home and done your homework, not fixed up an old Harley Davidson. Now, a bunch of Tufts with chains are gonna swing them at your head. It's also just, like, the very first time he rode away on his bike, he got into trouble. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
2: (laughs) He had very bad luck, uh poor Gus poor poor Gus um, yeah and then we also learned from the first 48 that like after 48 hours like no one's gonna solve your fucking murder so why would you wait I don't know I think it's dumb yeah so the first 48
0: hours are the most important hours also we're not gonna look for your son until those hours are over <laughs>
2: Less paperwork, Liz
1: Yeah, Yeah. uh, you know, let let your son get shot or something Like, let let him die and then come talk to me But uh, if he's just missing, I can't be bothered
2: (laughs) Pretty much So anyway, Rose decided to look for Gus herself She canvassed the neighborhood and soon ran into one of Gus's friends Who worked at a gas station The friend told her that on the day of Gus's disappearance, he saw Gus pull up to an intersection on his motorcycle. The friend saw two other bikers in the blue Monte Carlo riding close behind him. The friend remembered the two bikers because they had come into the gas station earlier and had been mean to him.
3: Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, shit! I, I, I...
0: Fortunately, his job was so good that that was notable.
3: I'm wondering, like, is that how Robert Stack actually said it in the segment? Because (laughs) Because that'd be
0: hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And then he rubbed his eyes like he was crying, like, "Wait." (laughs) Well, something different from Stack. You don't see that all the time. Yeah, Yeah, he's usually so serious. The friend
3: remembered the two bikers because they had come into the gas station earlier and had been mean to him.
1: And they were mean to him. I was on the Untouchables. Suck it up.
2: <laughs> so a second witness claimed that the two bikers had stopped Gust, argued with him, and threatened him with chains. Can we talk about this reenactment Who the for fuck a second? Are these people, so Ghost Rider
3: cosplayers, like are they such big fans of Ghost Rider? Like, oh, we got to get a motorcycle and chains. <laughs>
0: Yeah, when you buy a motorcycle at the dealership, they just hand you a new <laughs> change. And they say, be sure to wave this over your head at any squares
2: you see.
1: You see, people, this is what I'm talking about. Liz and Sam, they are funnier than I would have never thought about saying some shit like that, but that's fucking hilarious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's really just Liz. She's She does most of the jokes that's in this podcast. That's not a joke. That's true.
1: That's
0: what happens when you, when you buy a motorcycle. There's one sitting rotting in my garage right now. Do You have chain, and there's
1: a chain you know, wrapped and, around it,
0: and some chains.
1: <laughs> it co- when you get by a motorcycle, it comes with your choice of a, Va- a Van Halen one or a White Snake cassette as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they go, you can't play this on the motorcycle, but you'll just want it.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this this reenactment is hilarious. It really oh, yeah. is.
2: Yeah, this chain is gigantic. Also, like, where was he keeping that? Like. Did he have a basket
3: well, in his on pants? The back of course,
0: is a is a, is a stylish belt. <laughs> He's just
3: keeping it in his pants. And
0: then he would need to, when he saw a square or a nerd, he would take off his chain
3: for the fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Let me get my chain out of my fanny pack.
0: I also feel like every single one of them spends a lot of time cutting the sleeves off their T-shirts. <laughs> like the second they get a T-shirt, they're like, well. Can't leave the sleeves on this.
1: Got it, Got <laughs> it, Got, we'll got go it. to take the guns out of the holsters.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk about these guys later, but they show their mugshots, and these guys have product in their hair.
3: Like- <laughs>
2: if for real. Yeah,
0: Are like you sure that's product,
3: or is that, time- is that just grease?
2: <laughs> I think it might be product. <laughs> these guys spend some time in front of the mirror in the morning uh, to get this tousled look. This is not a, some, some
3: beat well, the man. guy in the, the, uh, the guy on the left, uh, no, on the right, Michael Hodges, like he looks like a wrestler. So yeah, he looks <laughs> he like does. Roman Reigns.
2: He also has very nice high cheekbones. Like I, I'd like some cheekbones like that.
1: Oh yeah. Michael Hodges. <laughs> yeah. He also looks like the, this isn't gonna like apply to 0.1% of your audience, but he also looks like the uh, lead guitar player for Genesis, Steve Hackett back in the day. Again, I know. Someone Ra- just knows
0: science, about that. Just silence. Radio
1: silence. I understand, but the. Po- I'm
0: sure my dad appreciated that, and he thanks you. Exactly, and, and oh, yeah. that was
1: for him. Hi, hi, <laughs> Mister, <laughs> Mister Liz's dad. <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: That's what he goes by. He does. So, anyway, when Gus pulled away, the two bikers and the Monte Carlo followed him. The two witnesses identified one of the bikers as Michael Hodges a member of the Forgotten Few motorcycle gang. (laughs)
3: Lamest motorcycle gang name ever.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. It sounds like a Western. I don't like it. No, I don't know who came up with that name, but they need to go back to the drawing board. Uh, So anyway, the other guy was Michael Stevenson, another member of the same gang. Stevenson was a violent career criminal. However, the investigators- He he devoted his life to crimes. (laughs) He had a vision.
0: I mean, at least he had a career. (laughs) Yeah, crimes violent crimes
2: sure <laughs> he had some passion about some, some things maybe some
3: i still don't understand why they use career for like
2: he was mostly
0: passionate about chains but also was, about you, you know
3: he was a ch- he was a chain man he was into you know chains and wished he was a part of a chain gang and then eventually <laughs> ended up a
1: part of a chain uh, gang i thought you were going to take so. like a bdsm angle there mike i'm glad you didn't no
2: it was a missed opportunity. Anyway, however... <laughs> Samantha's sad. the rest of us are
3: glad you did not <laughs>
2: So the investigators did not have enough evidence to bring the two men in for interrogation. Instead, they questioned other gang members who knew the two men, and nobody was willing to talk. Yeah,
0: they were just scared of the people they actually needed to talk to. I don't understand why it was like, well, we'll just talk to
2: other people in the gang. What? Why? I'm pretty sure the cops were afraid of this gang. Or they were paid off. I don't know. Yeah, they could very have been paid strange. Off. Yeah, that they seem to. I mean, people have been brought in for questioning on far less than a witness saying that they saw him threatening some guy with change, chains who went missing. Like that seems like enough evidence to maybe bring him in and talk to him. I don't know.
0: Also, in the reenactment, the guy was like, how about you uh, get the heck out of
1: here? <laughs> and the police were like, all right, bye. All right,
2: yes, yeah, so that threat worked.
1: Yeah, I loved I, I loved that particular part because the cops come up to this guy's door and he's like, well, either arrest me or, you know, get get the heck out of here. Because, C- you know, that's, that's how you want to talk to cops in Los Angeles. <laughs> that's totally not how it went. It was more like...
3: Once you arrest me, or get the fuck out of here.
1: No, I'm thinking. I'm, sure that- I'm thinking it was dialed back more, like either arrest me or uh, please leave, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> got kind of got a lot of drugs in here and uh, some human trafficking going on. So uh, everything's cool. He, sound, he's, he has that's the voice I, crack thing, like too, one of the,
3: the nerds voice, yes. from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> no, that's so how he I, had the same laugh too.
1: Well, that's I'm just. Uh, the point in the joke, Mike, is that's how you would talk to cops because you're trying to be respectful.
2: <laughs> it was uh, that was good. So, <laughs> okay, so here's my favorite part of the segment. In order to turn up leads for the police, Rose and a friend named Carol Jensen decided to go undercover to infiltrate the motorcycle <laughs> gang hangouts. The two women dressed as best as they could as women this bikers. Is
3: classic.
2: Oh my god! You,
0: everyone needs to watch this segment. Even if you don't regularly watch Unsolved Mysteries, I think it's worth watching this just to see these moms or the reenactment of these moms with their gigantic '80s hair. They in, like, tease leather,
3: their hair up to the sky,
0: and they're wearing like leather mini skirts. And then they're like, "Hey, bub, you know this guy," <laughs> and then just like picture your own mom in that situation, no. like
3: going Whoa.
0: to to scare up some toffs to try to find information
3: (laughs) on you i'll give my mom is at least she's tall she's big like (laughs) she could like fuck some people up i i mean really so So i don't think she could get her hair i don't think she could get her hair that high i think it would just have it would be like wearing a wig or something but yeah she
1: could kick some ass
2: You'd be amazed what you can do with a comb, Mike.
1: Can... <laughs> so, Mike, are you... You
2: won't believe how big your hair could get.
1: Are you saying the the amount of times that I've said something upsetting to you and, and you said, I'm going to tell my mom on you, I really should be scared?
0: <laughs> you yeah. should have been quaking in your boots.
1: Okay, damn. Now I know. <laughs> you should be afraid. Be afraid. Be very afraid.
2: But honestly, Rose and Carol... With their big old hair. And this is the, the biggest
3: names, hair we've seen. Their name. Rose and Carol. <laughs>
0: they're you
2: heroes. Know? I I
0: respect this so much that the, the police were like, eh, there's nothing we can do. And they were like, well, we're gonna take a gun. Gosh
3: darn it, we're gonna do it.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll go to biker bars ourselves. And we'll... I, mean, I could see my mom doing this. I don't know that she would dress up, but I think she would just go and look sad. And they would probably <laughs> take pity on her. Because everyone...
1: In my mind, too, I would hope that they would have y'all same, like, Midwestern accents. Hey, pal, you need to tell me where my kid is. I got a gun. (laughs) Is that what
0: we sound like? That's that's uncanny. That's exactly how my mom sounds. Josh, could you use that voice and say, I read a hundred werewolf novels?
1: (laughs) I would, but see, like, you would think that I would be your brother (laughs) or something. It would freak you out too much because the accent would be so dead on.
2: Yeah. All right. Thank goodness. So. These two went to biker bars and other hangouts and questioned bikers, hoping to find anyone who had information about Gus. Rose solicited and even bought information, sharing any lead she found with the police. Rose then hired a private investigator who had connections with motorcycle gangs. He set up a meeting... With a woman who claimed to have information about Gus's disappearance. The informant said that Gus was dead. She also claimed that he had been tortured for three to five days before being killed. I know. Rose begged the woman to to talk to the police, but the private investigator said that the woman couldn't because she would be killed.
3: This is like some Sons of Anarchy shit right here. They should do like a Sons of Anarchy spinoff with these two gals. And it's like takes place in the 80s and then they go and try to. Solve biker crimes.
0: I would love a Rose and Carol show. That would be my <laughs> new favorite show.
2: Where they just go undercover in all these yeah. city
3: locations. Yes.
0: In in quote unquote low-class establishments, as they call them. <laughs> and
3: Absolutely. they have different outfits
1: and hairstyles in every episode. <laughs>
2: oh. I love this idea. We need to run with this. We need to call Netflix. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to see me Rose. I want to see Carol so badly like go up to like one of these guys and be like, Hey, Pial, I'm packing heat, so don't try any funny stuff.
2: <laughs> and she really did bring a gun. Like, it didn't have, it wasn't loaded, apparently, but they, she literally bought, brought a gun to this place, which seems like a bad idea,
3: but I appreciate She bought a her, gun, too, and that probably would have been an awkward exchange. What a, uh, a good, gu- like, I
0: understand someone doing this for their son, but what a good friend.
3: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, yeah, Carol is a great friend. Would you would you do that for me? Absolutely. <laughs> what? I would absolutely do that for you. I would not I would not do it for Josh though. Don't tell Josh, but oh. I wouldn't do
3: it for him. Jeez. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Mike, would you do it for Josh?
3: Yeah, why not? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was a little hesitation there. I don't know <laughs>
1: the cracks. Well see, this is a okay. thing. This is this is how how used to kicking ass Mike is. It's a very casual thing for him. If I ask him to like go with me to these seedy locations and perhaps run into some tough characters, Mike's like, "Yeah, oh, why not?"
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just a typical Saturday for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like another Friday night for Mike.
2: So Rose believes that the bikers took her son to an unknown—oh unlo- unno- my god—to an unknown home, forced him into the garage, tortured him, and murdered him.
3: You just had a hard time reading that exchange because it's so fucked up.
2: It is fucked up. And also, I don't understand how this happened. Like, did these guys just drive around on their motorcycles and the first poser they see, they just murder him? I don't understand what happened here. I think that's what
3: happened. They're like, this fucking poser over here riding a motorcycle. He's a fucking square. He's to die with chains.
0: They could have just pushed him off the bike and taken it. I don't understand the need to kill him. I certainly don't understand the need to torture him. I don't get that either. There is a bunch of you. There's one of him. Just take it.
1: Well, it's like what I I was saying in our last, the last time we did this episode that we're all going to pretend didn't actually happen. Um, I think this was some kind of, uh, this could have been some kind of initiation for one of the new members of the gang or something, you know? They always oh, initiate, do plausible. an initiation ritual with chains. Yeah, sure, why not?
2: Maybe, you know, the forgotten few, they're real tough. The, so. for, for the
1: forgotten few, that sounds like the kids that were butthurt that the teacher didn't call on them in class or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's This is what those kids grew up to be. I
1: knew the answer, damn it. That bitch should have called my name. <laughs>
2: so Rose had no evidence to prove this theory, but then on June 19th, 1968, no. On June 19th, 1986, let's try that again, <laughs> Michael Stevenson was killed during a failed extortion attempt. With Stevenson dead, investigators re-questioned former motorcycle gang members. These members began to talk. They said that Gus had been taken to Stevenson's home where he was tortured and murdered. It's a little convenient that as soon as this guy dies, everyone else in the gang was like, oh yeah, he he, you know the guy that just died? He's the one that killed that kid. <laughs> Like really, I don't know. It yeah, seems the like, tortured
3: and murdered stuff. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like the Stevenson was the like the leader of this gang or whatever. But I mean, well, maybe
3: they were intimidated. They didn't want to admit because Stevenson would, you know, beat him with chains or something. Right?
2: <laughs> that is does seem to be what Unsolved Mysteries is suggesting, but it seems a little convenient. I don't know. Anyway, in June of 1988. Michael Hodges was arrested and charged with Gus's murder. However, Rose and the investigators are certain that more people were involved. So the result of this case is that it's unresolved. Richard Dollar, another gang member, was serving time in San Quentin for a parole violation when he was charged with Gus's murder. And then another gang member named John Steele was arrested in Northern California in December of 1988. This was while Unsolved Mysteries was still filming Gus's story. Steele was carrying a loaded handgun, and then for, for some reason, he was also charged with Gus's murder. Um, Dollar's ex-wife was a key prosecution witness. She testified that she had witnessed the murder. Other witnesses also testified about the suspect's involvement in the crime. On August 1990, Mich- Michael Hodges, Richard Dollar, and John... Hodges? I almost said <laughs> Michelle Hodges. No, that's... That's someone else entirely. Uh, Richard (laughs) Dollar and John Steele were all convicted of Gus's murder and sentenced to life in prison. Hodge and Steele have since died behind bars. Based on the testimony of witnesses, investigators believe that Gus's body was dismembered in Michael Uh. Stevenson's garage, placed in trash bags and taken to an unknown location. Uh. However, Gus's body has never been found. Nor was his motorcycle, which authorities believe was sold to a chop shop by the murderers in order to disassociate themselves from the crime and to get some money. Which, how much money did they get off of that stupid motorcycle anyway? It's Couldn't have been worth someone's life. Poor
0: Gus spent all yeah. that time putting that bike back together. And not only did his, he get murdered and tortured and dismembered. Can you imagine if
3: that that's... But that's his the... work
0: on the bike!
3: Yeah.
0: It, the bike lasted one day.
3: All gone. All for yeah. naught. The after-school special actually does, you know, follow the same plot. And he was dismembered and tortured <laughs> to death.
1: So...
2: It takes a strange turn so, at yeah. d- ride, school, Don't
1: buy and ride bikes, kids. Or you'll be beaten to death with chains by street toughs <laughs> with mustaches.
2: They would have to put in some sort of Satan... It would have to be a Satanic motorcycle gang yeah.
1: in order yep. for...
0: I'm waiting for that unsolved Satan's segment.
3: Satan's Sluts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is That's actually the- a motorcycle gang from the movie Howard the Duck. Of course, of course you, of course you would know that and reference it, Mike.
2: <laughs> I thought that was an, another film entirely, but okay. <laughs> so this mystery was really good. I really liked the reenactments. The fashion is fucking amazing. This is the best 80s fashion we've seen, um, but it's a super sad case. Gus, yes. Gus's picture is on the Unsolved Wiki and he seems like He's got this baby face with this little wispy mustache and this mullet. He seems mm-hmm. like such a nice kid. Um, He was going to do what his parents wanted him to do, which was get rid of this motorcycle he clearly loved. He just was taking it for one last ride, and then he got fucking murdered by a motorcycle chain gang.
0: It's it's a fate that if someone just told me this story, I would go, that's not true. Yeah. But I, I have to believe it, because it was on Unsolved mystery. Are
3: they-, are they are, Exactly. <laughs> It's a Forgotten Few. It also sounds like a band name. Like a are, are they like singing doo wop and whatever when they're, you know, beating this guy with chains?
1: <laughs> now that's possible. Now you've turned it into like Greece or something like that, Mike. <laughs> These oh, guys I are mean... on the chain. <laughs> Gay. Oh god.
2: <laughs> that was good. We got him started. Going.
1: Yep. All right, Mike. <laughs> All no.
2: right. So that was that mystery. Who has the next one? It's a mysterious Me. legend. Me. All right. Oh, I remember this one now.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about the the mystery where uh, these people found fucking nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> take a little nap while you talk about this. So carry on, carry on.
3: Uh, this is the mystery of the white bird. Um, no, dumbest it's plain not, name ever. It's not. It's not a seagull or anything. <laughs> it's. Just, it's But that would be hilarious. There's a seagull that went missing and it ended up on Unsolved Mysteries.
2: (laughs) It'd be a much better segment if this whole thing was just about a missing seagull. Where's old
0: Timmy? He sits on the pier every day.
3: Next up on Insignificant Mysteries, Seagull on the Pier. All right, this is about uh, Charles Nungesser and Francois Coley. Uh, They disappeared on May 8th of 1927. Now, Charles Nungesser and François Coley were two trained World War One pilots who designed and built the La Asseau Blanc, French for the White Bird. That a was Levisoire...
2: on French, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> I, I fucked up the French pronunciation, <laughs> for, for sure.
2: We wouldn't have done any better, though. So uh, boring,
3: A Levisoire uh, PL.8 <laughs> biplane based on a PL.4 reconnaissance aircraft built for a flight from Paris to New York City in one of the earliest pre lindbergh transatlantic flights. Now, they were uh, messing around with fate. They were poking fate's chest uh, before they even <laughs> flew on this uh, mission because th- there's photos of these two. And one of the- one of them has like a eye patch. Yeah, that's which is pretty like, awesome. That's pretty awesome. He has but one they-
2: less eye to fly with. This does not seem good.
3: Oh, no, I it doesn't. That was
0: just for fashion. Oh. <laughs> It might have been (laughs) He's like Brian Ferry He's just got the one fashionable eye patch Anyway, go
3: ahead He's like uh, Snake Plissken But anyway, uh, they have this picture of them And they're standing in front of their plane And it's got this uh, decal that's a heart With a skull and crossbones in the middle And it's like, oh, I love Uh, death Okay, (laughs) all right. well then you're gonna meet death (laughs) If you love death, well here's to death
2: yeah, that seems like a bad omen when you're, especially when you're attempting something so dangerous. Is what they're yeah about flying to do. around
3: in a wooden plane. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's uh... over the fucking ocean. <laughs> it's
0: a it's a good tattoo idea, maybe, but not so much plain decal art or whatever you call that. No.
3: So on May eighth, nineteen twenty seven, they departed from the Le Bourget field in Paris, across the English Channel, over the southwestern part of England and Ireland and then across the Atlantic for a water landing in New York. They were sighted over the French coast over Caraholt, Ireland, and then for the last time off the Irish coast by a British naval officer. Despite false reports of their arrival in America by French newspapers, the plane and pilots were never seen again. For decades, it was assumed that the plane had crashed at sea. Fifty years later, however, in 1971, hunter Jim Reed was deep in the Maine woods when he found a moss-covered aircraft engine. He was certain that it was not from an automobile.
0: Did he, though?
3: <laughs> I I know. It's like,
1: how do you maybe know for he, sure?
0: Maybe he did, or maybe he was high.
3: There's
4: a <laughs> lot of
1: Yeah, it made me feel like, these old-timey people were just a lot more like uh coherent than i am because he he was talking about in the segment he's like i knew it wasn't a diesel engine or an engine from a mustang and i'm you know i'm sitting there going that's (laughs) to me that would just be like oh it's just some moss and some rusty shit why don't i keep walking you know and this guy's able to like (laughs) narrow down what kind of engine it is you know
3: he believed that it came from an aircraft. However, despite several attempts, Jim was unable to retrace his steps, and the engine was never found again. Oh,
2: very convenient,
0: yeah, Jim. Yeah, very
3: convenient. Yeah. <laughs> oh bullshit.
0: A, I have a theory. What if it's from a UFO? What if it's not <laughs> from the white bird? Because there's no reason, even if he did see an engine, there's no reason to think it was from the white bird. Aliens. But it's <laughs> or
2: it's a ghost engine. <laughs> Anything from now on that we can't explain, we're just going to say it must have been a, a ghost.
3: It's like the ghost blimp, but, like, it actually <laughs> was a ghost. Unlike yeah. the ghost blimp where it wasn't a ghost blimp. That was so disappointing.
2: Wait, a ghost blimp?
0: You, is this an Unsolved Mystery it, segment? It is. Yeah, it's, it is. Oh. Oh, and we knew that. So carry on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so since 1985, aircraft researcher Rick Gillespie, whatever his last name is, Gillespie, uh doing my best... Uh, Sylvester, the cat impression there. You're doing great. And his wife have been searching for the missing plane. They are convinced that the plane did indeed make its way across the Atlantic before crashing in Maine. This couple quit their jobs. Yeah, to, it's ins-
0: that's insane to me. Why? It is. What? To
3: hunt and search for this missing plane. This is a treasure segment. This is a hidden treasure segment. <laughs>
0: Except that when you find a treasure, it's rotten old wood. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even if, so they've quit their jobs to try to find the white bird, which is probably in the ocean, but even if they do find it, what do they get? Like, how much money A is potentially-
2: A book deal? A book deal? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This seems really silly to me. The only thing I can say to explain is that they just had too much money to begin with.
1: <laughs> you guys are totally discounting the the five people that are, like, totally into transatlantic flight <laughs> history of the 1800s in France. Okay, so to those five people, these people are celebrities. It's the 1900s. Well, whatever.
3: 1927. We have a
2: few less listeners now.
0: (laughs) We'll just add that to the list of everyone that we've (laughs) alienated, along with people who live in tiny houses. Uh,
1: I can guarantee you we've alienated more people. Not trying to have a pissing contest here, but we've pissed (laughs) off quite a few people.
2: (laughs) Well, you've... We'll catch up quickly, you, I'm you've sure. You've alienated
3: people in tiny houses?
2: <laughs> we've talked about how dumb tiny houses are a time or two,
3: <laughs> I think.
2: I'm not even sure how that came up. Like, there's <laughs> Clearly that was a tangent at one point. So all point of a sudden was... you're,
3: you're just talking about some random mystery and you're like, I hate tiny houses.
2: <laughs> let, let, let me tell you about Fuck these tiny fucking houses. tiny houses. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how that came up, but we've definitely insulted some people who live in tiny houses.
3: How do you feel about the storage container houses?
2: I don't even know what this is. People live in storage containers?
3: Yeah, they buy storage containers now because it's too expensive for millennials to afford houses. So they buy storage containers and they remodel them and and furnish them.
2: See, I can respect that because it's just people who can't afford a normal house.
3: Yeah, but but have you seen some of these? Like some of them are like really fancy schmancy and some of them I'm like, are you sure you can't afford a house? Well, that's are you just, just a tiny be, house, then. That's just like
2: another to be hipster with a tiny house, then. Yeah,
1: yeah It was uh, yeah. was all this featured on Portlandia at some point? I feel like this is, like, perfect fodder <laughs> for that show.
2: <laughs> Quite possibly.
3: Because what they do is they find a plot of land, and they buy the plot of
1: land, and then they buy storage containers, and then... I love living in my tiny house. I can wake up and hit my head on the ceiling every morning. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought people who got storage containers to live in were, like, burying them in their backyard to, like, be their bunkers for when the world ends.
3: Yeah, like the uh, the doomsday preppers. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is equally as dumb. So there's someone else who <laughs> alienated. The doomsday preppers. That's okay. not, They're not listening to this podcast.
1: No. Guys, am I kidding? don't I, worry. I got them all back with the Genesis reference earlier.
2: Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Thank you.
1: Okay, so this couple, they
3: quit their jobs to search for the white bird, and uh, maybe they were uh, taking some white substances before they decided to do that.
2: (laughs) They may have.
3: (laughs) Uh, This is the 80s, after all. Oh, my. They are high on cocaine, and then we're like, no, we should should do, we should should totally just quit our jobs, and like, go look for that. White bird, man. <laughs> I Remember wish this white had bird. been the reenactment.
2: <laughs> that, would be, that
1: would have been great. Mike, you play a coquette a little too good.
3: <laughs> so uh, the couple used a helicopter. Yeah, they rented a fucking helicopter. They used a the helicopter. Too much money. They have too yeah. much money.
0: They need new hobbies.
3: That's why they were able to snort so much cocaine because they had all this money. They can afford it helicopters. It all
0: makes sense now.
3: So the couple used a helicopter. They searched the area where Jim Reed believed he had found the engine. However, no trace of it was found. This is exactly like a treasure segment. Oh, yeah, I know it's there. (laughs) It's definitely out there. It's definitely out there. I I, I know it. And I'm going
1: to find it. I'm going to find that moldy piece of wood. In the forest. In the forest. But see, the problem with this treasure segment is like the people aren't even crazy enough to make the journey interesting. You know, because they're not
3: calling it a treasure segment. They're like, it's it's a mystery or something. You know, it's it's like a.
1: Because at least in the treasure segment, you have some eighty-year-old crazy prospect who's like, "Ah, no,
2: there's gold in them there hills. I just know it." (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. These the people in this segment aren't like. Enough of characters to make
3: this—they're just rich hilarious. yuppies. Maybe you know? they should have—they yeah. should have snorted. They should have snorted a line before the they, they got on camera.
2: Damn, these are some <laughs> missed opportunities. Oh well.
3: <laughs> so anyway, um, no trace of it was found. Of course, the Glefsies then focused their efforts on questioning long-term Maine residents who were alive in 1927. Uh, they first started with a retired blueberry farmer named Harold Vining. First off, that name is perfect. It's like serendipitous fate that he was uh, a blueberry farmer for most of his life. How do I become
2: um, a blueberry farmer? That yeah. sounds so wonderful.
0: How do I become a retired blueberry
1: yeah.
2: farmer? I want to be so successful at blueberry farming that I can retire.
0: <laughs> With all my, my blueberries.
1: His business was so good, he had like a fucking like 401k plan in big blueberry money. <laughs>
2: big blueberry money that's my dream it sounds lovely
1: yeah um
3: and also this set this reenactment this part of the reenactment is glorious because it looks like it's something from a murder segment or something oh yeah this is uh, the
2: lumberjack guy who's chopping wood and he has to wear his wood chopping uniform it looks like a lumberjack
3: no, I think that's a different guy, but oh, no, it okay. might be I'm the same. guy. I th- actually, my... I think it might be the same guy, but I don't know. There's 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 lumb- there's a bunch of lumberjacky looking guys in this segment.
2: They're all in the forest, which yeah, sets the scene kind of. Nice. But anyway,
3: it's this shot. It's shot at night. It's just this outside uh, establishing shot of Harold Vining's farmhouse, and it looks like there's going to be a murder taking place soon. (laughs) Oh, I'm remembering that. They didn't know
1: how to light for anything except murder back in the day on Unsolved Mysteries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is weirdly intense. Yeah, it was. It was.
3: So Harold had lived in the area for 77 years. He is one of the last people alive who claims to have heard the plane as it flew over Maine before crashing and clashing. Uh, Harold claims that on May 9th, 1927, he was outside chopping wood. You're right. When he heard a plane flying over him, he knew it was not Charles Lindbergh's plane because it was flying in the wrong direction and the date did not match the time that Lindbergh was supposed to leave. Now, there is some historical significance to the white bird in this whole thing. Like, if it is found, it would show that they completed the transatlantic flight before Lindbergh did.
2: Yeah, except they didn't, is the thing.
3: Exactly, they didn't. (laughs) So, there's that. (laughs) But a lot of people also really would, that wouldn't be a big deal to them. They'd be like, eh. I suppose, yeah. They'd be like, oh, they, they just have to change the, the titles at the Air Museum. Oh, it was not Charles Lindbergh. It was. Yeah, a, just, few, like, a few textbooks
2: would have to be rewritten, but they yeah. get rewritten every year anyway. So like, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you, yeah. you guys are on thin ice right now with pissing off those five people who are really into Charles <laughs> Lindbergh Transatlantic <laughs> Flight History. I mean, you're really just uh, negating their whole uh, hobby right now.
2: They've been waiting for this episode. We've delayed it a week and now we're pissing on them.
1: Exactly, yeah. Wow.
2: Oh, they—they probably <laughs> We're tuned out. Now. on
1: them. Okay. All right. All right. Our <laughs> Kelly's niece.
2: <laughs> okay, not literally. But well, you might have just gained
1: some some same. fans back with that specific kind of thing. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a give and take situation on this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> so, um, yeah,
3: it, it, even the reenactment is boring. Like the murder house. That that was better. Like this is just Everything like. Is
0: is boring, and if you maybe have a touch of insomnia, you can watch it to help you fall fall asleep. Because it's, it's just like,
3: oh, oh, there's a plane. I hear a plane. You don't see the plane. You never see the plane. It's just like, <laughs>
2: that was a good plane noise. You c- you wow. could do some. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, the only thing I remember from the segment is the lumberjack guy, the blueberry farmer. And then that they found a stick in the fucking woods. Yeah, I'll
3: get, I'll get to that. So three miles away, <laughs> a young couple named Everett and Abigail Scott were driving home when they heard a plane flying above them, and they stopped their car to listen. I guess this is like back in the backwoods in the old, in like the 20s. Nothing ever happened. Worth of note. So you hear a plane flying. It's like, oh my goodness, stop the car.
2: Like Liz, Liz's house is like across the street from an airport practically, so we're constantly hearing planes, and it definitely yeah. was not like that, bef- you know,
3: before. Yeah, I, I
0: envy, I envy these people <laughs> and the novelty of a plane flying over.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so two miles away, Mary Gold was in her kitchen when she, too, heard the plane. Anson Barry was fishing that day. This guy is a nominee for mustache.
2: Oh, the yeah, week. the mustache was great on this one.
3: So he's got this big handlebar mustache, and he's got the plaid and the and the fisher's cap or whatever you know the the prospector's cap on.
2: Liz just pointed to a sketch she did of this man's mustache. (laughs) Oh my god, which is which is great. It's like a wasn't that pointy? I'm not remembering. I just wrote I wrote down very
0: straight, and there's a scribble that could be a caterpillar. Could be me trying to restart the ink on my pen. Or could be a mustache. I mean, it's hard to say.
3: So he was uh, paddling around the river, and he was fishing, and he also heard a plane flying over. He then heard the plane's engine stop and finally heard the sound of the plane crashing, although he was unable to locate the crash site. According to Anson's cousin Maurice, it was very foggy that day, so it was impossible for any of the witnesses to actually see the plane. Along with these witnesses, there were also people in Nova Scotia who believed that they had heard and even seen the plane flying above that day. Now, if they did crash in those woods, they still failed because they died, okay? (laughs) It's about the first successful transatlantic flight. It doesn't count if you crash and you die.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. They're looking for the wreckage of a failure. Yeah.
2: the ocean that would be
3: they died like right? what if they made it over the ocean and crashed into <laughs> the the rocks like on the beach like that still doesn't count i'm sorry like I, i'm not that's not how i view things
0: this is a segment about people who are excited to find a stick in the forest <laughs> and i think that's really all you need to know
3: and they're excited yeah. because they were high on cocaine yeah in I
0: 1985, mean, what, what the, the <laughs>
3: The Gillespies and their team searched the area where Anson Berry believed the plane had crashed. I, it's. It, was Anson Berry also a blueberry farmer?
2: <laughs> he sounds like a blueberry. That is the name of a blueberry farmer, for sure. Or he farms something, I mean.
3: Strawberries.
2: Yeah, he's, this is a berry farmer we're talking about.
3: So while there, they found a unique piece of wood that was used for padding purposes, according to them anyway. According to Rick, the piece of wood was not manufactured in North America. Although we don't get any details as to why that's the fact. And even my throat's like, I call bullshit on this. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, the team found 23 more fragments of the same strip. Together, they formed the length of two meters.
0: 23 pieces of wood?
1: Wow. Wow. Did you find leaves too? What about twigs? (laughs) 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 Did you find a log?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you find trees? This is a, you guys, the white bird made it. Yeah. Crash into the forest. This is the dumbest part. Because this whole plane was made of wood. So no one is going to actually find the fucking plane. Like no. maybe the engine was out there somewhere from some guy who forgot where he saw it. I don't know. This thing is this is a little <laughs> bit bullshit.
0: This is not quite as frustrating as the son of Sam, oh two minutes or mystery missing mystery, but it's <laughs> Uh, I like the
3: son of Sam mystery
0: <laughs> because because people's clocks might be two minutes off. What what? It, I
3: mean, well, I, I like, like the satanic panic part of it. That's the part no. I like. of the son of uh. Sam mystery,
2: it was g- a good mystery to kind of laugh at how unsolved mysteries handled it. I think. Yeah, <laughs> just these people with these theories that it was this gang of sa- like Satan yeah. worshippers because like some lady like. It was a discrepancy guy. of two minutes or something.
3: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but then you have like the recollections of some people being like, "Oh, yeah, I I saw uh, late at night we were at the park and uh, that I saw people in hoods and they were sacrificing a dog and they oh, did yeah, find the, dead dogs there." So the dead dog something...
2: part is very strange. I will admit.
3: So according to Rick, the pieces of wood were not manufactured in North America, although we don't know why. Because uh, this segment doesn't give us any concrete information as to why they're not manufactured in North America. We just have to take his word for it. His cocaine <laughs> fueled words for it. Uh, eventually, the team found 23 more fragments of the same strip. Together, they form the length of two meters. Bloody, body blah, blah. To this day, the Galepsis and their team are still searching for the remains of the white bird,
0: which they should give up. Right and it now. is
3: still unresolved and unsolved, because eyewitness Harold Vining passed away in 1990, soon after this uh, segment was shot. A French analysis theorizes that the pilots ran out of fuel and forced to crash the plane, proving that they had crossed the Atlantic between May 8th and May 9th, 1927. Uh, Researchers have revealed that during a three-month span, 30 ships were ordered to search for pieces of the wreck floating between Boston and St. Pierre, and suspected pieces were found. News that New archives are being formed to confirming this hypothesis with the help of Eric Lindbergh and William Nungesser, two important supporters.
2: Well, so that was the most boring the segment Bird. in Unsolved Mysteries history. And chances are they didn't make it. They crashed at sea. The
1: end. Yes, very boring.
2: <laughs> so you did a great job on that, Mike. We really appreciate you taking one for the team and doing that <laughs> dud of a mystery. Thank you. So, Josh, did you have a lost love for us? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, uh, I think I might have. It's funny you should mention that. Did you ever want to know about the families of the SS Muskogee crew? Of course you didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: The <end. laughs>
1: I mean, our listeners will already know that we
2: don't really want to. I mean. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, not to try to piss on any of these people. This is actually worse than the white bird. Yeah, It is. Yeah. At least something, you know. No disrespect to any of these people, but in, no, in, in, no all, disrespect. in all fairness, they're all dead anyway at this point. So, <laughs> you know.
2: It's also, I mean, frankly, it's a little boring. Lost love mysteries are often kind of boring.
3: This one. There's some good ones, but ex- yeah. I usually boring. skip them.
1: Yeah, Lost yeah. Loves are probably uh, collectively our least favorite segment of and they, the entirety. And I can see why they never made a Lost Loves DVD box set. That's true. They could have done that, and they did not.
2: Because um, <laughs> no one likes them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the Miracles DVD set was pushing it a little bit, but there's still some decent Miracles, I guess, you know, whatever. The story is somewhat fascinating, though I don't really believe many of them, but... Storm and hell.
2: You are you saying that Jesus didn't open his eyes?
1: Oh God, you you guys have seen that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> are you telling me that that statue did not open?
0: I want to I want to
1: talk more about that fucking. where
2: they show the picture and the eyes
0: look exactly the <laughs> same? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Side?
1: That one is. I bullshit. think the biggest That's mystery of that particular segment you're referring to is that ladder, that a frame ladder that the guy <laughs> climbed on. Like, how the hell did that thing not snap as soon as you got to the top of it? It's and that is the fucking miracle. Anyway, that uh, nobody knows what I'm referencing right now unless you've seen that case recently. But uh, yeah, the families of the SS Muskogee crew. In 1941, William Betts, a 39-year-old father of two boys, was a captain of the oil tanker named the SS Muskogee. On February 12, 1942, his wife Ellen visited him at the tanker's home port. That day, the SS Muskogee left. Ellen returned home and waited to hear from her husband. Sadly, a few weeks later, Ellen received a telegram that said her husband's ship had been lost. All 34 crew members were believed to have perished. Uh, I wonder if it was like one of those singing telegrams like, We regret to inform you, stop. That your husband has died, stop. <laughs>
0: I'm going to doubt it, but they should have gone all out. And they, sh- they should have told her by singing telegram. That would have been the, the nice
1: That's a little bit of... Well, that's a li-
3: William... William made the wrong bet.
1: Oh God, Mike! <laughs> Reaching the bottom of the barrel with the with the, uh, with the with the corny jokes there. That's fine though. It's fine. All I mean, we got we're not working with a whole lot here. So, uh, <laughs> 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 so so one year later, their older son George was drafted. As the years passed, he remained haunted about the unknown fate of his father. As I would too. You know, if that happened to me. Uh, in 1955, a friend of George's showed him a book about German submarines called Sea Wolves. I have a badass name love for a it. book, yeah the sea wolves
3: although it doesn't make much sense like a submarine equals a wolf that
2: yes a wolf swims. in the sea what don't yeah. you get <laughs> <laughs> it should have been the sea slug or something but that's not as badass this
3: no that's the I- name of that failed uh toy from uh that movie toys of robin williams like there was a sea slug toy that was like attacked robin williams in that movie
0: <laughs> yep, there sure was. Now moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in this book, uh, The Sea Wolves, which I'm sure was more like Das Sea it told of the U 123, <laughs> which when it comes to naming a submarine, I mean, U 123 <laughs> has got to be up there with the. Uh, creative names that they could have come up with. It's like, eh, "I don't know, oh. it's a U-boat and uh 123. Yeah, there
2: you go." Well, U321 was taken.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those like email addresses. We have to annotate your name like Josh Cannon 123555. Five, five. <laughs> that's what happened with this. That that's the kind of uh combination an idiot would have on his luggage. Sure. Um,
2: 123. Yeah, he's getting his luggage stolen.
1: So it had told her the U 123, which had come upon the Muskogee while in their battle zones. The U 123 sunk the Muskogee. Ellen Betts confirmed that this was William's ship. George also found photographs that a crew member aboard the U 123 had taken that day the Muskogee was sunk. One of the photographs showed seven men who had survived the sinking. Unfortunately, those men would drown before being rescued. In 19- no, that's a bummer Yeah it sucks In 1979 George contacted the National Archives in Washington D.C. And obtained a microfilm copy of German German war records It included the captain's war logs for the U-123 The war logs mentioned the Muskogee and its sinking Captain Reinhard Hartigan had commanded the U-123 And had sunk more than Hartigan. 20 U.S. ships <laughs>
2: <laughs> Josh are you just trying to get through no, this? No not at all it, not, it, What, get you, it over? what? It would make you think that's that? Kind of, that's kind of what it sounds like Just a hunch Just a hunch.
1: Okay And I mean
3: no You know I mean And his name is Reinhard too. It's Reinhard Hardigan, like that. That's totally penis joke. Uh, We understand.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) After the war, he was elected to the West German parliament. George began writing to Hardigan, and the two agreed to meet in Canada, very neutral area. Sure, why not? Um, by the way, those of you who are listening to, perhaps it's you. If you happen to be Canadian, they enjoy boxes of candy and gifts.
2: Oh my God! Yes, send us chips. Yeah. How are you guys getting so many deliveries of snacks no, no, from other countries? Not
1: you guys. Not me. Me specifically. Yeah. Josh. <laughs> oh. Josh. Josh, Josh has an anything. in with the Canadians. Let me tell you.
3: No. No. I did. I did get. I did get uh, Psychics. The DVD set was sent to me one time by a listener, which is really cool.
1: But, like, other than that, that's oh. all really got. But did you listening. get maple I'm, syrup flavored cookies that are from Canada? No. No, you didn't. I need
2: to know how the ketchup chips taste because are they as good as everyone says I'll they are, you, the ketchup uh, Doritos?
1: Uh, I haven't had the, dur- the ketchup Doritos yet. Those were just sent to me yesterday. But I can tell you the ketchup flavored Lay's potato chips, fucking amazing.
2: They don't have those. Uh, yeah, I need
3: to try. I've had food sent to me from Australia or New Zealand.
2: What? Yeah, this sh- Samantha, this
0: show sucks. I quit. <laughs> well, that's that's not that's
3: not because of the, of the podcast. That's because of my YouTube channel. Like, and I've I've had people they send me like I got a, f- a friend of mine, a subscriber who sends me like every month or every other month like a box of DVDs, DVDs and Blu-rays. So okay, yeah, Mike, people send I'm, you I'm stuff. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, it, you brought this upon yourself. And let it be known on the record that people do also send Mike things. Um, yes, they do. But while we're at it, if, honestly, you are, if you I, have I
3: accept p- their uh, kind words, that's that's the that's the greatest gift of all:
1: support and kind words. <laughs> it, it really is nice. Uh, nice backpedal there, Mike. Uh, no, it's true though.
2: Also chips.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I, I understand why like the the shock uh factor of like thinking of ketchup flavored potato chips instantly like oh that, that that we don't dip our our potato chips in ketchup but when it's like a dry seasoning on there it really makes sense because when you eat the chip it uh i don't know it just it, it it,
0: we didn't question you. We just want the chips. Okay. Someone send them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we I just believe want the you. <laughs> the the ketchup chips are Give delicious. Give us the chips. We just want the <laughs> chips. Okay, so uh, they, you're like at somebody at gunpoint. Give me the chips. <laughs> I want to tell you guys something interesting, and and I'm only telling you guys. So please just just keep this between oh, yourselves.
2: Okay. Undo- okay. Like
1: seriously, like I don't even know if this is gonna make it on the podcast, but in October of 1987. George and Reinhardt met. <laughs> Reinhardt. What? Yeah. Whoa. Reinhardt gave George a chilling eyewitness account of the last moments of the SS Muskogee. No. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And, and on top of that, he said that on the morning of March 22nd, 1942, they saw the Muscogee and torpedoed it. The ship. What? Yes. Yeah, the ship sunk quite quickly, and unfortunately, many of the crew members were unable to escape. However, oh no. Yeah. However, the crewmen that did escape, they boarded life rafts and he gave several of the men food, water and cigarettes. What oh the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> He believed that a U.S. ship would soon arrive to pick up the men. However, the men were never picked up and lost at sea. Now that George knew the truth of what happened to the SS Muskogee, he was determined to let the families of the other crewmen know what happened to their loved ones. Within a few months, he was able to contact eight families. In September 1988, he drove over 200 miles to meet with the family of 26-year-old Clifford Chelsea. He was the radio man for the Muskogee. The Chelsea family were happy to learn the truth. For years, they did not know what happened, believing the ship was either lost in the storm or the crew members were taken prisoner. George hopes to get in contact with remaining SS Muskogee crew member families that he has yet to locate. The end. Next segment.
2: Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever considered being an auctioneer? That was impressive.
1: Uh, You know, if someone will pay me money to read shit fast, I'll do it, if that's what you're asking.
2: I mean, that is what auctioneers... Give us a taste that of that is That is the definition of an auctioneer career. Oh, is that so? What that
3: is?
1: Okay. Give us a taste
3: of the auctioneer.
2: I think you have to know a lot about cows, though. I don't know how you feel <laughs>
3: about that. Well, I mean, it's not just cows. It's, it's other stuff, too. You know, like the
2: that's true but the cow auctioneers are the serious dude
1: right? i heard a, a real life auctioneer before and and they are it is like you will laugh like it is ridiculous sounding like it's it's literally like like it's but he's saying <laughs> it, it, it's
2: you see you'd be great at it that was perfect that's, yeah,
1: exactly and I, those were if you slowed this down like i'm actually saying real words um in in that that uh
3: <laughs> you'd be per, you'd be a perfect pitchman for micro machines just gonna let that sit so is there. that
2: a movie is that a is that a movie no, reference
3: a no remember the toys little cars the micro machines and the commercials with the guy who talks super fast
2: i was making this face like <laughs> uh, i remember <laughs> yeah, all right that was obviously not a toy i
1: played with. um at this point can we can we go into i'm going make an edit here 10827. um can we go into the uh, q a and then I'll, I'll probably have to dip out and you guys can finish the patsy one
2: Sure. Yeah, that that works out. Um, we don't want to make you have to come back and do this again. So,
1: not I'll hang uh, around, it's not I that guess, it's not that I Patsy. don't love
3: it. I do love it. <laughs> That'll be weird. We'll do Patsy, and then
1: Josh is gone, and then no, uh, we'll just Josh make a no. You guys, you guys lunch. should say you guys should say that Josh was so emotional about this case that he literally can't say anything for this entire <laughs> segment.
2: <laughs> okay, so we had some listener questions for you guys. Um. And I think Liz you don't wrote say. them. say, yeah, Liz wrote them down. So the first question that our listeners want to know is, do you think that Bigfoot is a ghost? No. Oh, come on. Think it's possible. Right? I mean, why have we not found a Bigfoot corpse?
3: Because animals ate it.
2: Not yep. every single one, Not and the, all of the bones. Yes. every single time. Every single
3: the one. Bones just uh, decompose naturally over time.
1: Also, can okay, uh, so. can big feet like can they haunt like huge like areas like well I guess they can because Devil's Backbone, which is an area and that's haunted. That was an unsolved mystery segment. <laughs> Devil's So backbone. to answer your question, technically. Uh! Oh yeah, don't, don't bring that up. <laughs> that conjures up bad memories. Um, to well, I don't know. I don't think animal like you have. You have to be like more of a sentient being, like a human, to haunt shit, right? Like, yeah, you don't see haunted uh, pets,
3: right? I mean,
2: maybe Bigfoot's are kind of. What about pet cemetery?
3: Yeah, but they're not ghosts; they're they're resurrected corpses. Give us a program.
1: Okay. (laughs) okay. Well,
2: speaking of Bigfoot, someone wants to know uh, where is Mike hiding Bigfoot? Yeah, Mike. Um, Are you hiding Bigfoot? Is that do you actually know? Mike, are you
1: holding out on no, us?
3: No.
2: Is this why you're so sure
0: he's not a ghost because he's actually in your attic?
3: You guys. I don't have an attic and he
1: wouldn't fit up there anyway. So So
0: basement. So he's in your basement?
1: You guys. I, don't have a I really either. don't know that much about Cross Mike. Space. I mean, I, I like I know I've hosted a podcast with him. I've I've looked I've checked the records. There is no Mike Brown in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> Mike, there This again.
2: Mike, are you Bigfoot?
3: No, I have pretty. Uh, big there feet, was a pause no. there.
2: I don't know. There was a definite <laughs> pause, a
0: guilty pause, you might say. Elena asks, "Are any of Josh's songs inspired by unsolved mysteries?"
1: And the and this is the first time I'm answering or hearing any of these questions, so these are <laughs> completely authentic answers. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. Totally. Um. I think growing up. Um. You, you're. Those are, like, the most formative years of being influenced by music. Like, most of my favorite bands to this day are bands that my dad and brother got me into. And uh definitely the TV that I watched that I was a big fan of. Uh, the music for Unsolved Mysteries is just impeccable. And the... Uh,
0: it is really, really good. I mean,
1: for somebody who's a fan of, like, synthesizer, or, like, synth-oriented music, or, like, that dark ambient music, the composer for Unsolved Mysteries was just... uh brilliant with his uses of synthesizers to set the tone and atmosphere. And it's very specific to that show. Uh, You don't really, uh, no one really got close to the kind of atmosphere that was able to be made with that. So I think a lot of that uh, did stick in my mind is um, associating that kind of music with, with good. Like, like if it sounds like creepy and dark, it reminds me of unsolved mysteries. Therefore it is good. So yeah, it definitely influenced uh, the music that I make. Dancing with Ghosts by the way is the name of the band. You can find us on uh, Facebook or YouTube. But
3: you didn't you didn't oh, yeah. make we'll any songs that, that were based on cases from the show or based have, on segments or You anything. haven't
1: made
0: a song about the devil's backbone or Robert Stack.
1: <laughs> you just have the audio of I actually have a, a in my my uh, new album coming out, uh there's a break uh, on the bridge of uh, one of the songs called Nightmare Inside You. I actually kind of quote a line from unsolved mysteries, uh, it's from that segment uh, "Love Karen," where the uh, daughter named Karen dies of, uh, I think, cancer. But through a psychic, they're able to communicate with her. Then the mom got to the point to where she was able to communicate with Karen without the use of a median, medium, Median? whatever the fuck it's called. Um, <laughs> and so um, she, she, qu- the Karen uh, from Beyond the Grave is quoting to saying to her mother, um, I don't hurt anymore. I am full of light. And that that's actually a line I used in the bridge okay. of one of my new songs. So. All right. Oh. Nice.
2: Yeah, we'll put a link to... Did you say it was on YouTube?
1: We'll yeah. Link. yeah. Is
2: that the best place to link to people to be able to go listen to your music? We'll put a link on our website. Perhaps it's you.com. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. Well, he also, uh, he has an album on... Uh, what Spotify. The, uh, what is that? Spotify. Yeah.
2: Uh, All right. Dancing with cool, cool. So our next question is if you could solve any mystery... Which mystery would you solve? A classic.
1: For Mike, I think you said it was a candy assassination, right? Yeah, JFK. For me, yeah. uh, I, re- I really want to know what happened at Roswell. Like, what really happened back in like ni- the 1940s? Well, we know it's not a weather balloon.
3: <clears throat> did you
0: watch the Alien Autopsy Factor Fission special? Yes, That's and a did you factor fission? <laughs> yeah,
1: fat fat or say stroke. It.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean that autopsy fucking video was definitely fiction. But Roswell, yeah. I mean, we don't know that the government has evidence of aliens. So Liz and I, being the skeptics that we are, even have to say,
3: yeah. But fact of fiction? A- that was entertaining, though. You got oh Randall, yeah, you got you got a uh, you got Frakes, you know Jonathan Frakes.
2: Oh yeah, stroking his chin, asking some philosophical questions. <laughs> I was, he was pretty good. He's no Robert Stack, but he's not bad.
3: I love him in the Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, that show I used to watch. He was great in that, especially his reactions uh, to the different segments. You're supposed to, like, guess which ones are fact or fiction. And even the ones that are fact, I'm like, yeah, I, I no, really? I just like
0: how they don't support it in any way. They just go, oh, that one was a fact. Yeah, yeah, was, he's, just,
3: he's just like, did you guess fiction? Wrong. It was it was true.
2: We have to take your word for it, Jonathan Franks. All right, so, next question. Uh, Leslie is has not listened to your podcast yet and wants to know if you recommend listening in order or if you can kind of choose choose your own adventure when it comes to the episodes of your
3: podcast. Choose
1: your own adventure. It's totally choose your own adventure. Look, we set this podcast up. I don't know why I'm talking in my car used car salesman voice. <laughs> uh you're talking in your dave and miscavige voice oh no together. the dave and miscavige voices we we set up this podcast a um, scientology joke there um no um we we set our podcast up to where we didn't know how long we were going to do the podcast because much like you ladies like it's just, you know it's kind of a weird thing starting a podcast from scratch and it's like you know are we really going to totally. do more than like three episodes you know and we were like nap Probably not. So let's knock out the big, you know, the big hitters, the ones that we the segments that we love the most. Let's talk about those. But then as time went on and people started listening, we got requests all the time. Hey, talk about this segment. Talk about that segment. And so that's why we label our episodes. Episode, you know, 42. We talk about, you know, Alcatraz. No, I won't bring that up. I'm gonna save that. Well, we talk about <laughs> we talk about Roswell. We talk about you know we we list the um, episodes that we talk about for each segment, so you can just like a la carte, you know, if if a certain segment interests you, check out that episode. Um, complete opposite way of how Liz and Sam do it, where you have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I would say <laughs>
3: definitely check out the worst segments episode. That's one of my favorites that we've done, and uh, the interviews. The interviews that uh, Josh did, uh, he did
1: an interview with uh, Don Devereux. Oh, right, yeah. So throughout the time that we've done our podcast, uh, we've graciously been able to talk to people who are actually on the show, Unsolved Mysteries, Mm -hmm. in some form or another. We talked to uh, Suzanne Kelsey from the Kelsey House Hauntings. We talked to um, Donna Parks, whose brother uh, Larry Dickens was murdered, um, who... Uh, was portrayed by Matthew McConaughey in the reenactment on Unsolved Ma- uh, Mysteries. Was, oh, yeah. Unsolved Math Mysteries! And it was um, Mac- <laughs> it was Matthew McConaughey's uh, first acting role. Um, so, so, uh, but his abs were still glistening and fully exposed <laughs> in that segment. But all right, all oh, right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was able to. We were able to talk to her. She's one of the nicest ladies uh, ever. Talked to Don Devereux, who was a key interview. And uh, we also talked to the director of photography for over 100 segments of the show. Yeah, Kevin O'Brien. Uh, Kevin O'Brien. Yeah. So uh, che- those interviews are, are pretty awesome. Um, you know, these people aren't... I don't think a lot of people are reaching out to them to talk about things, but they're not really giving interviews either. So it's, you know, it's that's probably one of the coolest, I think. Exclusives. Yeah, there you go.
2: Well, that's great. Um, Yeah, they'll have to check out those. And you can... You've kind of... Put those interview episodes together right in your feed so people can just go straight to them.
1: Yeah, there's and I segmented them off as separate things. So if you don't want to because they used to be embedded in certain episodes uh, and they still are. But I also set them as separate standalone interviews. If you just want to hear the interview and you don't want to listen to our stupid bullshit, which I totally don't blame you
2: awesome so our final question is how is mike's toe which it sounds like your toe is doing okay mike i don't know we're very yeah, co- yeah, people seem yeah. concerned about your toe um, I, I think can, people can you moved walk? on to josh's this-
3: possum now i oh. think but yeah uh no uh it's fine yes i can walk it's not painful or anything it's still the weirdest thing though because it looks like a nail has grown on top of another nail it's the weirdest looking thing even my mom, oh. who has years of medical experience, she's like, I I, I don't even know. Uh, excuse gosh, me, I've you guys. I'm like going to
1: go uh, throw up, but I'll be back, and we can <laughs> resume.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, that is kind of, I guess, cool. I mean... If this were back hurt. in the day, it you could be, be in a side show, maybe. Yeah, it but. grows
3: fine. I have t- I, Oh, good. You know, my big toes are, like, freakishly large anyway, so it makes oh. sense that they have, like, weird nails now. It's like, all right, whatever. And I'm a weird guy, so... <laughs> Uh, oh, it just all works. Toe- that's how, that's how that toes.
2: works. If you're weird, you end up with weird toenails. <laughs> it's weird toes. Yeah. Well, those are all the questions we have for you, Josh. I think you do have to run. So I'll, thank you again so much for being on our podcast. We really twice. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Very very nice of you guys to come back, even though we messed up last time, and you super nice us. of you to to put. Yeah. To, I mean, we'll do. Maybe we'll do a collab in the future when yeah. we
3: don't,
2: we have some better mysteries for you guys to talk about that aren't quite. <laughs> So boring. Um, well, before I go, before I, go I
1: have a, uh, I actually have two questions for you ladies.
2: Oh, okay. Let's My hear My first
1: them. question Wait, is, I'm- what the hell is your problem with the Alcatraz segment?
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> listen, listen. What is good about Al- the Alcatraz uh, segment? It's so boring. No, it's so boring. I- the only good part is that they turned
0: prison into craft time so they could make those heads. Yeah, and I would like to see the heads, but that's the best part.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I know you guys recently redid your Alcatraz mm-hmm. uh, segment. Uh, so you know, I guess I'll recommend if any of our listeners actually enjoyed Alcatraz that maybe they could go listen to, to your episode because I don't know if we did the best job of the Alcatraz <laughs> segment. We brought our friend Rochelle on the show because we're like, oh, Rochelle likes history, she'll she'll love this. And Rochelle is a very nice person. And would never tell us, uh, guys, I really hate, hate Alcatraz. <laughs> so she came on the show, and we're all like, oh, Rochelle's going to gonna hold this thing together because she knows history. And then immediately she was like, yeah, I fucking hate this mystery. And all three of us were just like, why did we even do this You one? brought on an <laughs> expert
1: who just proceeded to help you bash the segment. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, pretty much what we happened. We should have had you guys on instead. Prison escapes, I don't know, something about it just doesn't appeal to us. It really seems like something that only men are into. Maybe that's a gendered stereotype, I don't know. But it's kind of backed up by the show, because there's like one woman in that whole that whole episode. And she was only brought in because she had to fill some dead air when that guy was swimming.
0: Yeah, because apparently Robert Stack is a witch and can't get next to the water. He can't, that was a
1: term of melting. his contract, he can't be touched by water. <laughs>
0: Though I have to say, after that our Alcatraz episode came out, we got tons of comments from people saying, "Oh, thank God, it's not just me. I don't give a well, shit about Alcatraz."
1: Well, if you got, if, so. if those listening out there want a completely opposing opinion of the Alcatraz <laughs> segment, go and listen to our pod, our episode that we did on it, because we uh, we love that segment. And my second question to y'all is, uh, why? You guys talk about mustaches a lot. Why do you think mustaches have fallen so out of fashion? Uh, in the in the like the 90s and 2000s. And why was it such a, f- a fashion staple back in the olden days?
2: I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I have an answer for why Porn. mustaches are falling out. Maybe. And maybe that's what everyone <laughs> associates them with. But it's kind of like I feel like the beard is the mustache of today. That's true. Yeah. Because everyone's got like beard oil now and like they're
3: super hipster about it. Yeah. The hipsters is the curly mustaches. I yeah, feel like we're gonna look yeah. back
2: on beards like we look back on mustaches today. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This, I obviously I don't grow facial hair, but if, it just has seems so itchy to me. I don't know why anyone would want hair on their face. Well,
1: I can tell you right now, the mustache is the worst component of the beard because it's right under your nose. It collects all the food and and drink and liquid and snot. Yeah, if, uh,
2: that's so gross. Yeah, if you
1: ever <laughs> sneeze, God help you trying to clean that up. So I mean. <laughs> to throw up now. Yeah, so to only have that, on, like, uh, you know, out of the whole beard, you only want the most annoying There's a part. reason
3: why this term exists, the come catcher stash. Oh, <laughs> gross.
2: I don't, I kind of, so I wish that Liz's husband was here because the last time we answered this question on the audio, that didn't no, that work, was great. Yeah, he slipped us an, a note that helpfully <laughs> reminded us that there's a lot of cops on unsolved mysteries, and, and it's cops like, still have mustaches. Yeah, it's like part of their uniform. I think is to have a mustache. They can't
3: have beards.
2: Yeah, they can't have beards because they, if you know, if you have to wear a respirator, it won't it won't fit right. So the only facial hair they can have is a mustache. And why I can't guess, they
3: have five o'clock shadows though, or something, or do like, you know, a Maybe short Maybe they beard. technically.
2: They could but I feel like a five o'clock shadow is kind of hard to maintain. I
3: don't, I don't know that I, I you know, I, if I could have a permanent five o'clock shadow all the time, I'd you know, totally be Indiana all for
0: Jones it, but... can do it. Why can't
3: you? Indiana Jones had a makeup artist team or whatever <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. grooming his beard every day.
3: That's why he looks so good. You mean Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford, yeah. Indiana you know Jones I mean. isn't like a real person. It's just what
2: like... <laughs>
0: you take that back, Mike? My
2: worldview is shattered.
0: He's an archaeologist and he's the best. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know, but we appreciate a good mustache on this podcast. We rate them and choose a winner from every episode. Well, there's
3: also too many people trying to be Tom Selleck, and there's only one Tom Selleck. So
2: that's true. Everyone I, else should just I, I mean, give up. I a
0: lot of people look silly with a mustache. There's every so often there's a Freddie Mercury or someone. My dad actually...
3: looks like Freddie Mercury with it, when he just had a mustache. Like so it's he... almost a spitting image of of Freddie Mercury. It's so it crazy. sounds like
0: your dad can pull it off, but a lot of people can't. It looks kind of well. Funny. He really
3: didn't. I mean, it was just like he just like he's cosplaying or dressing up as Freddie Mercury.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not,
2: your dad can be MVM for this episode. Yeah, your dad's
1: MVM. <laughs> All right, guys, that was that was the questions I had for you. Thanks for answering them. Uh, I I. Uh, booked myself. I double booked myself today, and I got to go ho- DJ a party for a bunch of rich yuppies in Palm Coast. Uh, <laughs> All right, book it. At, well, you also it weren't to your um,
2: ex- expecting to it's help to us booked. with our technical issues for thirty minutes. I'm sure. I hate to. Yeah. I hate to
1: open up the curtain here for the listeners. Of perhaps it's you, but when they say that they're not professionals, <laughs> <laughs> they mean it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen. How dare you! I'm sorry. The mixer we bought off Amazon based on two Amazon reviews, and then <laughs> we set up by just like guessing and pushing buttons. I love, oh, uh,
3: I, love- I guess, I, I guess you just press this thing and Look, then like this thing Why, in, why and this-
2: argue with results?
3: That's, that's yeah, true. Yeah. I mean. That's true. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Hey, I was in the same boat. I didn't use my mic properly for multiple episodes. That's true. So, hey. That's true.
1: He didn't. But then he finally figured it out, which which y'all will, too. And you have. And, and I, I love the podcast. I'm a huge fan. And I, it's lame that I have to go. But you guys will carry on without me. Uh, if you want, you can just insert blank spaces in the Patsy Wright segment. And I could just go in post and add my commentary and laugh and go. <laughs> That's right, Sam. You are wacky. <laughs> that sounds okay. great. That sounds,
2: do that. that sounds perfect. But
1: All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Send me your audio. Sounds good. All right. See you later.
2: We will. Thanks, Josh. Bye. Bye. Ciao. All, all right. Liz has the next mystery.
0: Okay. I'm doing an unexplained death. This is the Patsy Wright case. And I've actually gotten pretty interested in this case. It's a weird one. So This is a great case. Yeah, it's good. This takes place in Arlington, Texas in 1987 in October. 43-year-old Patsy Wright was found dead in her Texas home. Um It's... I'm reading off the Unsolved Mysteries wiki as usual and it says at first her family thought she died of natural causes which is strange to me because when she died she was on the phone with her sister she called in the middle of the night to say I've taken some cold medicine and something's wrong she collapsed while on the phone with her sister her sister and brother-in-law like run over to the house they can't get in the front door her brother-in-law ends up Crawling through the window and giving her mouth-to-mouth despite a strange liquid coming out of her mouth. Oh, that was so yeah, gross. Yeah, the green liquid. Ugh, yeah. ugh. And It's
3: like toxic waste.
2: Yeah, it was nasty.
0: <laughs> so I don't know why they'd be like, oh, she probably died of natural causes. It's, like, it's she a part of the
3: cover-up. It's a part of the cover-up. <laughs> she like, literally
0: called them in the middle of the night, basically going, I've been poisoned. And they were like, well, natural causes. But anyway...
3: Yeah, because they don't want people to tie into the poison part. Like that didn't happen; it was natural causes. Isn't no that right, there. Josh? Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> eight days after the funeral, an autopsy was performed. A mass spectrometer checked for fifty-six thousand different foreign samples in her blood, which I didn't realize there was that many. That's
3: crazy. yeah, I didn't even know if there was even the possibility of having that many different foreign substances in your blood.
2: That's well, a frightening. Actually, watch out, Mike.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, tre- if you do, then... I mean, that's a lot of SCDs. <laughs>
0: I don't think they're checking for that.
3: But, but I mean, still, uh, it's that's just a lot of foreign substances. Like, they, 56, no wonder 000. she's dead.
0: No wonder... Well, okay, she only had one, and it was strychnine. And someone would put it... They said
3: 56,000. Okay, no, they checked for 56,000. They
0: first get 56,000. They found
3: That would be one. really crazy. She had all 56,000. <laughs> Could you
0: imagine? It would mean that something was wrong with the test. I, I, I was like, oh,
2: it came back as every single one. Or a very determined poisoner. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> one drop of each. And also this poison. And also this poison. <laughs> anyway, so it was strychnine, which is a very terrible way to die. Yes. And actually, at least at the time of Patsy's death, there had been only one other recorded homicide in the U.S. from strychnine poison. It's very rare. Um, so then the police started to review Patsy's life to determine who may have killed her. Um, her sister and brother-in-law were questioned, but... They were ruled out, mostly because her brother-in-law did do mouth-to-mouth and get... But that's
3: part of his whole thing, you know? you would be like, you <laughs> could be the guy who did it, It was just like, what, well, you know? I'll do mouth-to-mouth. Ma- would you do that? Thinking,
2: knowing you had poisoned someone, though? Yeah, they went over there and broke into her house, and then he proceeded to do mouth-to-mouth despite the condition, I mean, which I, is
3: really I, gross. Yeah, I know, but hey, it's the perfect cover.
2: I mean, that's true. You could say the other way. Be like, well, he knew that people would say, why would he do this if he had killed her? So
3: uh, yeah. he
2: could be really smart i don't know
3: i don't know either i don't know the whole you know they seem thing very with this credible
2: case. to me but i mean i've been fooled before they're, so. yeah they're not my top suspects but we
3: can't no. totally
2: rule them out i don't no.
3: think
0: i do think it's odd that they said the fbi ruled out product tampering because they know it
2: was put in her cold medicine well
3: and she drank like half of it
2: yeah i guess yeah i think the idea there was that like, at least in the reenactment the cold medicine was like half full so I think they yeah. thought well she had drank this before and didn't die of strychnine poisoning so
3: okay. someone must have slipped it in
2: that makes
0: sense so it wasn't
3: like the Tylenol uh, poisoning right because that's that what happened. I
0: immediately thought of was the Tylenol tampering case where seven people died but I guess this is different and then the reenactment is really hilarious because you just see this pair of black gloves like pouring <laughs> the poison into the cold medicine and like
2: so carefully
0: mixing it you could almost hear a little like
2: <laughs> This'll get Patsy. I wish they would have put that into the reenactment. <laughs> Evil chuckle.
0: Yeah. Um, so there were some other suspects. Patsy, um oh, suicide was ruled out because Patsy's life was going really well. She had she was close to her two children. She co-owned two wax museums, yeah, which that's were like the, the happening thing place this. in town, worth over six million dollars. <laughs> which Unsolved Mysteries makes a point to tell you were like the social centerpieces of the town. Which I don't understand at all. I think it's because there
3: was a bar. Oh,
0: okay. Because yeah. Yeah. I was like, who goes to a wax museum more than once?
2: Yeah, what a fucking boring ass town. If the most happening place is the local wax museum, <laughs> it's like what that. Yep,
0: that looks. Well, it's like- got a
3: bar. You're like,
0: that looks <laughs> like Obama, and then the next week you're like, "Yep, that still looks like Barack Obama." <laughs> Love this wax it's museum. Brock,
3: Brock Obama. That's perfect because it doesn't look anything like Barack Obama. It's Brock Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, exactly. that's what happens to all these wax museums, especially the one the the ones where they show a celebrity. It looks nothing like them.
0: It's it's pretty rare that it looks like them, and I kind of wonder how you get into the field of wax making i remember
3: last last podcast some one of you mentioned how there was some wax museum thing you know your parents took you to a wax museum yes that was me my (laughs)
0: parents deny this story and they're listening to it now probably shaking their fists in the air but i swear (laughs) as a small child they took me to a wax museum that had a House of horrors of different murderers, and that's probably the reason why I am the way I am.
3: That's why you're so obsessed with true crime. Like, yeah, it's in the back of your mind. Like, it's oh, in your here's subconscious.
0: A, re- a reenactment in wax form of a guy killing his wife in the bathtub. That's what you take a small child to. <laughs> but they, I've brought this up and they have no memory of it. So maybe I made it up. I don't know. Anyway, Patsy was living a great life with her wax museums. She just bought three new horses. So, it didn't seem like it would be suicide. Also, that would be a really weird way to kill yourself. I don't know why you would call your sister. Uh, You wouldn't pick strychnine, which is a terrible way to die.
3: Yeah. You wouldn't be like, oh, I took this uh, cold medicine that I'm going to use to kill myself and then call you and be like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I am sick.
0: Also, see you on the other side. I regret all my mistakes. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Is
2: that what you would have said? You would have ended the call with, bye.
3: I love that. (laughs)
2: Going out now. Bye.
0: Peace. <laughs> That's how I would have ended it. But no, it doesn't make any sense. It was suicide, and it's clearly not. So, but who did want Patsy dead? Well, two people. Yeah. So her sister and the brother-in-law were cleared. Her ex-boyfriend, Leo Fikes, was considered a suspect and later cleared. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know
3: about he him. seems to be like the most credible one.
0: Yeah, Out of probably, all these, he probably didn't do it, but but at
3: the same time, though, like I keep going back to the brother-in-law, whatever, because I'm like, they have the most to gain from this, you know. They I know. The...
0: I think it was her ex-husband, yeah, R- Robert Cox, because she was going to testify against him in an arson trial.
3: Ah, okay. and he had asked yeah. her
0: several times to lie or not testify or whatever, ah. and she said that she was going to do it. So conveniently, she ends up dead. However, there's mm. not actually any evidence to link him to the crime. It just seems like he had the most...
3: Well, he seems like a total cock. I mean, you know, he's cocked, yeah, you know.
2: A... Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, the he name, name bag says it cocks. all.
2: But there was also, like, sh- <laughs> it looked like that night she had had someone over because there were two dinner plates. So, like, who was that person? Yeah, that was,
3: a, that was the a... person with the black gloves. It was the guy. Yeah, that was her. the
2: murderer who like <laughs> ate dinner with her off a
0: tray in her bed. Um,
3: no, they had a candlelight dinner and then he killed her. I guess. It was like a Craigslist thing. She was looking for love and this guy came over and they had a nice intimate dinner and then he poisoned her. was
2: he why I could never date ever again. Yeah, no. That's what would happen to <laughs> no, me. Thanks.
0: She was looking for love and strychnine and she got them both. Oh, poor Patsy. There was also a weird detail that the day after she died, someone called the house and her daughter- This is
3: fucked up, really. Her
0: daughter picked up the phone and the caller was asking for her mom and the daughter didn't immediately want to say that she was dead. But after the caller was very insistent, she was like, well, she's actually passed away. You know, what can I do for you? The person was like, good. I wanted her dead and hung up.
3: What an asshole-
0: I assume that's just a prank or something, but it's very what do you mean strange. For
3: a prank, I mean, that's just that's that's a it's, really douche move, right there. No, that's
0: terrible. And it was clearly still upsetting to the daughter, even when she was talking about unsolved mysteries. I mean, she's already
3: going to be going through a lot of therapy after yeah, all this, so she doesn't she, need that.
0: She had not even processed her mom being dead, and someone's calling and saying, "Good, I'm glad your mom, who seemed very nice, I'm glad she's dead." Yeah. So that's, a, I don't know. It's really horrible. It, I didn't quite understand why the police couldn't get more information on that phone call. Like, who made that call? But whatever. This case is is not No. Nope. They don't know who did it. Um, I sort of think it's the ex-husband, but that's totally a guess. Because there's really no hard evidence to anyone. Um, they never found who was the ate at her place that night. And they don't know who made the phone call.
3: I mean, uh, and her, uh, boyfriend at the time, what Leo Fikes or something like he, or he was a friend, a close friend of hers. He knew that she took the cold medicine before bed, but he took a polygraph test and he passed. Yes. He
0: passed the ex-husband declined to take one. Yeah. But it's a
3: polygraph test. It's not even really. It's not evident because
0: they're, they're bullshit anyway.
2: So. Well, and it seems like everyone knew that she took this cold medicine to fall asleep. So I don't know that her.
3: So everyone wanted Patsy dead.
2: (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe. But I mean, they were suspect. They were speculating that that's why.
0: It's one of the wax
3: figures that came to life. Actually,
2: Mike, I have a question
0: for you. Yeah. Where were you on the night of October twenty (laughs) third, nineteen eighty seven?
3: I wasn't even born, so there's no way. Oh my god! A likely story.
0: (laughs) Well, I was born, but I don't remember where I was. so... No, like
3: I said, it's one of her wax figures that came Actually, to life and killed her. This is very close to my brother's
0: birthday, so I do remember being where treated I was. poorly. And I was not near Arlington, Texas, so I'm off the hook. <laughs> well, so that's not Patsy. There? I did not teleport there to murder Patsy <laughs> and try to gain her wax museum fortune. Uh, it's an interesting case. I wish we knew what happened to Patsy. She deserved better. I don't know.
3: You sound like a pretty good suspect with your hatred, or you know, of wax museums or I don't, something. I don't or, hate
2: wax museums.
3: Or you love hate, of wax museums. You hate
2: wax museums. This is a museum <laughs> aficionado, actually. I think I don't know if wax museums are your favorite type of museum. I don't actually think that a wax museum is a yeah yeah
0: that's another thing is that really <laughs> that's, that's a,
2: museum? a good point did you all, liz did you also draw a picture of leo fikes's mustache is yes. that what that is
0: yeah i was considering him for most valuable mustache but he is kind of suspicious and i don't want to give it to him if he's a dirtbag. bag
2: i love this drawing because there's just two triangles <laughs> facing away from each other and the, the the text next to it says still suspicious to me I am.
0: They. What's hilarious about all of these mustache doodles is that they are the shittiest doodles you've ever seen. And I went to art school, so that
2: money well spent. Yeah, Leo Fike's had a nice mustache. I, it was parted down the middle. Kind of. It has of. a very dramatic, almost like a ravine divide. <laughs> you can see skin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Cupid's bow is like totally new. <laughs> and then he has a mustache uh. on either side.
2: So is that two mustaches on one face? Almost. Yeah. double
3: the stash double Doubled. the fun yeah exactly uh
2: Ew. well this was an interesting <laughs> mystery because it is totally unsolved and yeah never probably will be solved My- I,
3: I don't i don't want to uh drink cold medicine now after seeing this <laughs>
2: That's... Strychnine seems like a terrible way to go. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, yeah, that was that one's interesting. My new. What was the request... extra
3: uh info on the Tylenol thing? Because I remember that was pretty interesting. Because I did not know that it was actually some jilted somebody oh, who yeah. decided so, to. There's,
0: I think, there's more than one Tylenol tampering case. But yeah. the, the one I know about happened in Illinois, and it was a woman who was murdering her husband. But to throw suspicion off of her, she also killed six other people. By just entering stores. And back in the day, you could just screw the tap off of medicine yeah. and do whatever. So she tampered a few other bottles with poison so that it would look like it was a problem with the product. It was
3: cyanide, right? And
2: not, I don't remember, quite possibly. Yeah, I don't know. There's another Tylenol tampering case in, that's still unsolved. A lot of people speculate yeah, that it was- Yeah, that's the one that's
3: um, in the 70s, I think, the cyanide yeah, one. Yeah, a lot
2: of people, I think it was cyanide, and a lot of people, for some reason, I don't really know why, speculate that it was the, who's the Unabomber? What was his oh, real name?
3: It Weird Al Yankovic? Ta- Ta- no. <laughs>
2: Um, For some reason, people speculate that he did it. I think that person may have left notes that were... I don't
0: know. They think
3: really. that he did a lot of stuff. He's the oh, Unabomber, and he's also the Zodiac Killer, and, and he's Weird Al Um No, Ted just, Cruz is
0: the Zodiac Killer. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, we've
2: already <laughs> solved that mystery. Um, But in that one, that one's still unsolved, and yeah, someone was putting cyanide into Tylenol, and uh, I mean, I think for a long time, people didn't want to take Tylenol. Yeah, it
0: actually... Yeah.
2: Really affected their sales, right? I mean,
0: fair enough. It was the gel
3: capsules, yeah, but yeah, Yeah. because
0: um. So next time you're like struggling to open some medicine and it's really annoying, just remember that it's because
2: someone, a bunch of people died. Yeah, it it is there for a reason. Yeah, and just be thankful that there's no cyanide in that Tylenol. Yeah. (laughs) Cyanide also a terrible way to go. No,
0: there's a really good just gonna keep bashing on Tylenol. You're not gonna take any Tylenol after this. There's a really good This American Life about Tylenol and people that like accidentally take like one more than you're supposed to and end up with kidney failure.
2: Yeah, I don't Man. take ty- Tylenol because it well, first of all, um, the active ingredient. I take ibuprofen.
3: That's yeah. what I
2: do. Yeah, I usually take, what's Aleve? That's, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, Whatever Uh I forget is. the generic name for it. But, um, yeah, Tylenol is actually kind of dangerous i think is well it, most
3: painkillers you should not be taking too much of like they true. affect your liver and do all kinds of fun you can get addicted to them uh, isn't I acetaminophen
2: the active ingredient in tylenol
3: i think I so know. and i've taken that before and then that makes me feel but, weird
0: i don't like i that. feel like if you listen to this america the this american life about it you will never ever take tylenol again brought to you by tylenol <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ibuprofen or... No, it would be
3: brought to you by Aleve because oh, it's a yeah. competitor. Oh, yeah, brought
0: to you by <laughs> Aleve. Actually, send me free Aleve. That shit's expensive. I would love that. It Thank you. It is expensive. Even the
2: generic. Yes.
3: I know expensive. when I had my teeth implants put in after I get hit by a car, I oh. I had a Percocet. And I uh. can see why people would take that shit because it really is amazing. <laughs> but, you oh, know, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah Don't get no. addicted to opioids folks
2: Yeah The advice of this podcast Don't take Tylenol But also don't take opioids
0: <laughs> yeah, We could have like For your different audiences Yeah Watch out for biker games with chains Don't <laughs> yeah. take too too More Tylenol Maybe just never to. leave
2: your house It's a dangerous world out there Yeah
0: seriously. But your house is probably full of ghosts Well and, I mean that's what
3: mold. happens In Unsolved Mysteries I It's mean- probably stacky
0: botrys
2: in the wall
0: but- I- Very actively worry about stacky Or there's possums,
2: or the possums are bringing in stacky Uh, (laughs) botrys. Yeah, well, I am looking forward to our next podcast collaboration in which the possum is featured on the show. Oh, you mean possum cast? Yeah, Josh is gonna need to get a mic for the possum.
3: Uh, Hey, how are (laughs) you?
2: That's a really good job. We're gonna need, yeah. That's what we should have done. We should have just had Mike pretend to be Josh this whole time. We could just have the I
3: I wasn't trying to do Josh. I was trying to do a possum. Oh, it sounded like like Josh. How are you? That was a great Josh.
2: (laughs) People wouldn't have been able to tell them apart. Although it would be hilarious if you had like an actual person just pretend to be the possum. This this is this is our our podcast advice to podcasters who are way better at it than we are. (laughs) Yeah. Consider having a a person in the room who pretends to be the possum (laughs) and then do an episode. What's
0: so funny is that people act like we know what we're doing. And then today, Josh really saw, like, we do not. (laughs) We could not hook up this. He was so The possum could be like, you know,
3: you'd be like, hey, like, hey, got any more of that pizza?
2: (laughs) The whole time, it's just asking for pizza. The
0: possum could be the associate producer. Yeah,
2: that's perfect. No, we really went
0: off the rails. Yeah,
2: this went off the rails a little bit. Um, Do we have anything to say about. Should we rate this episode? Oh, yeah,
0: let's rate. Mike, what would you rate this episode out of Robert's? Five Robert Stacks is the maximum. Three.
2: Three? That's that's pretty high considering
3: you had the shittiest mystery ever. Well, it's because there's two good segments and there's two bad segments. I mean. Yeah,
0: I would say two and a half, three. I agree. It's like a. I would only really recommend watching two of the segments, but they are very
2: good. Yeah, that first one, The Biker Mom. You have to watch those Biker
0: Moms. That's
3: that's the epitome of... Okay, you know, three, three stars. You know, three out of five. You know, yeah,
2: three, three
3: out of five. Robert Stacks.
2: It is unlike my Alcatraz rating, which was zero, which was one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, we rated Alcatraz. Well, I think we actually rated it a little bit higher, just because they put so much work into it. No, you did. I gave it one Robert. Liz wanted to give it zero Robert Stacks.
3: (laughs) You know, it's it's okay. It's cool. I don't get triggered like Josh does about that. But you know, (laughs) that's
0: his cross to bear, I suppose. I, I guess. Not Don't bring that in... up at
3: dinner. You know that. that...
2: <laughs> Josh flips the table.
0: Yeah. Um... When Josh and my dad have dinner to talk about Genesis, let's set it, <laughs> let's set it up.
2: They could talk about Alcatraz. How does your dad, Liz, feel about the Alcatraz? I, he's never mentioned it ever.
3: Oh. I think my dad would like it. Like he's into true crime stuff. So.
2: No, I can't imagine my dad can. I also just, I don't know, if those guys did escape, like, good for them. Like, they shouldn't... They, weren't they just, like, petty thieves?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I also they think... Not
2: viol- they
0: were not violent criminals. It didn't help
3: that you just... You saw the whole episode. It wasn't just the Alcatraz escape portion. Like, it was the other stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, because I listened to your guys' recent episode where you redid Alcatraz, and I mm-hmm. guess I didn't know that um you hadn't seen... Uh, the, or maybe you had the um, the Amazon one with all the extra like re- like the well we we've
3: seen the lifetime version which is okay. pretty much the same thing but oh, yeah. It is? Okay. yeah with the extra information which is a history lesson of Alcatraz and then the reality TV show thing with the swimmer which I didn't care for I know Josh didn't mind that but I'm like this is not Unsolved Mysteries this is like Sweeps Week Yeah, this Josh is Sweeps l- Week this is sweeps week material. <laughs> it
0: really was. I don't think that really happens anymore, but I kind of miss when you would have sweeps week and like suddenly every cop show went to a strip club. You know, like they were like, We've got to really like raise the bar here for sweeps. All Tonight explosions. On Cops. Yeah.
3: The all strip club uh ups.
0: No, seriously. Back in the day, NYPD Blue, every sweeps week. For some reason, they had to go to a strip club so they could show women in thongs. I'm not—I'm not kidding at
3: all. Well, as long as we don't see Dennis Franz's ass, which you had to all the
0: time. Why did I keep watching that show?
2: (laughs) (laughs) These are questions that have remained unanswered all these years. Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's the real unsolved mystery for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Then it's why NYPD Blue kept subjecting (laughs) audiences to Dennis Franz's ass.
2: Liz is just nodding like, yep, yep, yep. that's a real unsolved mystery. mystery. Um, so, yeah, well, thank you, Mike and Josh, who's not here, for coming on. And also, on- Josh's possum. Yeah, thank you to the possum. Um, for- does the possum have a name, do you know?
3: I don't think he does.
2: Hmm, I want to name him. Pretty soon the possum's going to need a name because the possum's going to be on the lease. <laughs> so we're going to have to find out that possum's name.
3: This reminds me of the giant rat I saw at when I was living in Oklahoma City with my dad in this piece of shit house that had a hole in the wall in the bathroom you could see outside through. And I came home from work one day, and then I'm looking around, I'm in the laundry room, and there's this giant fucking rat that's in yeah. and I got on the windowsill. And, like, I over-exaggerated its size. Like, I thought it was, like, the size of, like, a skunk or something or a possum. <laughs> but maybe it was. I don't... It was fucking huge. A
2: mutant rat, yeah.
3: A mutant I don't rat? Think rats,
2: rats can get pretty big.
0: And we I had a some...
3: big cat, and then that cat didn't want anything to do with anything. I've thing. seen
2: some big rats. The, the cat was like, "This is above my pay grade. I'm not...
0: <laughs> rats that just live on Chicago garbage and have no predators, <laughs> they do get pretty big. Rose. And then they come for you at night. They come for
2: you? Like, what, shivs or what? Are they, do they, they have on chains ships. like the biker gang? <laughs>
3: yep. They're on little, little motorcycles like the mouse and the motorcycle. Yeah, Remember that?
0: biker mice from Mars.
3: Yeah, biker mice from Mars.
0: Samantha's <laughs> like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, well, but
2: it's a funny mental image.
0: They used to make this low-budget cartoon that was just a rip-off of Teenage Mutant. Yeah, I turtles.
3: remember it. I totally <laughs> it remember that.
0: Like your mice from. The villain
3: was like Limburger or some shit because he was like, yes. you know, yep. stinky cheese. <laughs> they
0: lived in a baseball diamond. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like everything. It was like the turtles live in a sewer, so we'll live in a baseball diamond yeah. <laughs> makes total instead sense. Instead of turtles, they are mice. mice instead yeah. of mutants, they are from bars. The end. Oh yeah, instead of ninjas, they ride motorcycles.
2: I mean, seems well, solid.
0: Well, I mean, they did that
3: a lot. Yeah, Street Sharks. That's another sharks, turtles. Thing. That was a
2: quality show. So, <laughs> walk down memory lane. But yeah, we're going to just
0: me and Mike are going to start a new podcast that's just <laughs> talking about bullshit from the 90s no one remembers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is that going to be the name of the podcast? Bullshit from the '90s that no one remembers. With Liz I and would Mike. listen to the hell out of a podcast if I saw a
0: podcast with that name. I would subscribe immediately. I would go buy extra phones
2: so I could subscribe.
0: You talking time.
3: about the what the the cows of Moo Mesa or some shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: that that one's last <laughs> on us. <laughs> you said like you would be a great host of that podcast. Yeah, please create bullshit
0: from the '90s. No one remembers. <laughs> And then I'll definitely give consider out pogs to your Patreons. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And I have a creepy crawler
2: oven if you need it.
3: Yeah, let, it,
2: let <laughs> us know. I don't know where you're going to find the They goo. did a
3: cartoon of that, too.
0: They sure did, and I watched it.
2: <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, Josh, cut all this out.
3: <laughs> yeah, they didn't do the uh, easy bake Josh, oven cartoon. Sorry. <laughs>
2: I was I was just gonna say, dear dear Josh, I don't know how you're gonna edit this fucking audio. We
3: might we might use this as b roll for our podcast.
2: Sure, that's fine. Use whatever you want. Um, should we make like a closing? Yeah, should we do a closing? I don't know. I just you didn't rate the it,
3: other stuff. Isn't there other ratings?
2: Uh oh yeah, we we kind of skipped over all the categories. Should we do okay, that? So we're Josh can. It this stars. is such a train wreck. Uh, how
3: you I remember? Feel ca- about I kind of remember what Josh re- re- re-enactments.
2: said. Reenactments. Yeah, so we have categories as well, and you can give a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways. The first category is reenactments, and I I think I speak for all of us when I say it's a thumbs up. Oh, yeah, these are some
0: of the best reenactments you'll well, ever Well,
3: the see. first two are, the, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, the first one is...
0: Be quiet. ...entertaining. <laughs> the, 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 biker Mar- the biker moms, not the biker mice from moms, Mars. The, the biker, the biker moms.
3: moms from Mars? That's a whole nother. The show.
2: biker <laughs> mice moms from Mars? What? <laughs> what uh yeah i don't know if i mean that, okay so that's the, the
3: spinoff about the biker mice's yeah. moms
2: that would be a great show i don't know like the reenactments for the first one are so good that i feel like it kind of carries the rest of the yeah. episode
3: i don't think i mean because the the muskogee thing doesn't really have a reenactment the white bird is lame
2: <laughs> it was pretty lame
3: so I'm kind of like thumb sideways. You can do a
2: thumb sideways. That's acceptable. Yeah,
3: that's how I, that's how I am about it. That's
2: fair. That's fair. That's fair. So the fashion is the next category. Well, that's a thumbs up. Yeah, that's a that's a solid. Oh, we thumbs have up. to do a thumbs up for that mom fashion. That was so good. I don't even know how they got their hair that big. It
3: lots and lots of hairspray. Oh, yeah.
2: tons of hairspray. Yeah, Aquanet. They went through they, several they, cans. They
3: single-handedly poked a tiny hole in the ozone layer. That they- <laughs>
2: Yes, they did. Um, what, what was our next category? I don't, oh, I, Robert Stack's outfits. Oh yeah. If I don't have it written down, I don't remember. Robert he didn't Stack's really outfits. Have a lot of outfits. I don't even remember. Was he just wearing suits again? I
0: shrug. Stop i up your so game,
2: Robert Stack.
0: I don't think there was any turtlenecks. So Samantha doesn't care. I think care. there was.
3: I think I remember you saying that he wore a jacket, a leather jacket, and one. Oh yeah, different... he wears like
0: a dad leather jacket at some point, point. <laughs> and some dad Probably leather gloves. Probably before the.
3: The uh, biker segment.
2: Yeah, well, of course he's have has to wear a leather jacket for that one. Uh, I mean, whatever. Thumb sideways, I guess. Yeah, thumb sideways. Is that, yeah. is that our last category? Yeah. Okay, so those are all the categories. I don't know who gets MVM. Um, I uh, thought that Gus Hoffman had a nice mustache, even though it was kind of wispy.
3: <laughs> Liz, Liz is, is pointing. Is that even enough of a mustache to count? <laughs> he was trying really hard.
0: I think um, I have the blueberry farmer. Except that I just, I didn't write down a name, of course No, so. that's,
3: that's not the blueberry farmer It's the the uh, Other witness, the guy wow. who was Friends okay. with the blueberry farmer or something L- yeah, Liz the- has
2: just written mustache question mark Very straight, and then she did a doodle Of it
3: Yeah, the guy who uh, was on the lake paddling And supposedly heard oh, the plane Oh, yeah, pass. yeah,
2: yeah, I
0: remember that. Yeah, her. that's my pick That's my mustache. pick, too
2: so those are that's this episode. We want to thank Mike and Josh again so much for coming on our show twice. Um, even
3: though yeah, no problem. Your even though
0: we're solid professionals and we definitely know what we're doing, and we have top of the line audio equipment, and it's totally not weird that Samantha and I have been
2: trying to <laughs> share a mic this whole time. I feel like after our bumble with our audio last last time, Josh was so confused. She was like, "Well." I mean, there must have been some sort of technical error. Something messed, me- just got messed up. And then he saw our setup today and was like, oh, yeah. yeah, I I'm not surprised. <laughs> He's but, surprised that we've ever gotten this to work. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's safe to say. But you guys have been awesome, really supportive of our show. Uh, the whole, like, I think fans of Unsolved Mysteries seem super nice. Uh, so it's it's awesome. People have come over to our podcast from yours. And I know that some of our listeners have gone over and listened to your show. Um, there's plenty of Unsolved Mysteries to go around. I think it's amazing that people listen to multiple Unsolved Mysteries yeah, podcasts. Yeah, that is. Um, so
0: and kudos no, we, we to don't.
3: I, I'm seeking for Josh here, too. We're not mad at you or whatever for stepping <laughs> on our turf.
0: <laughs> from taking over your turf. I seriously think we posted our first episode, and it was up for maybe two hours before we heard from Mike, because he yeah. got an Unsolved Mysteries beacon in the sky yeah. like a, Like the bat signal. He saw Robert sack and he was like, more unsolved mysteries?
3: Yeah, I was just like Michael Keaton in Batman Returns when the bat signal turns on and he turns around (laughs) and just looks off at the sky.
2: (laughs) I think we said this when we were on your show, but we, when we started this, we're, okay, this is how much of not professionals we are. We were like, we thought we were the first people with this idea. We're like, we're going to be the only unsolved mysteries uh, podcast. It's going to be great. And then we're like, oh, there's. Other Unsolved Mysteries podcasts, and they do a really good job, and this Uh. is... And we're, we're like, well, should we just quit? But then we got such good feedback from you guys, and we we're like, wow. Oh, well, yeah.
3: I mean, like, you, you gals are great. You have wonderful chemistry. You're, you're funnier than than we are. Like, <laughs> I, I can admit it.
2: <laughs> just, just wait till the possum gets there, though. Yeah, the, pos, the possum's going to have some great jokes. No, but seriously, you guys have been great, and the encouragement really gave us the motivation to continue, and your listeners have been great. So thank you so much. Um, thank you to Josh, who's not here, for Anytime. somehow editing this train wreck together. I don't know what he's going to do, but it'll be a testament to his uh, his professionalism that he's going to be able to do it, I'm sure. Um, do you want to plug your stuff, Mike? Where, are you, where can they find you guys?
3: Uh, they can find us on Patreon. Uh, we have our own Patreon. Uh, you can look it up, uh, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, there's a Twitter, uh, Uncovering Um, or U-M, I I do um because I think it's funny. It's like uncovering at uncovering um. I like it. I like it uh, on Twitter. Uh, We have a YouTube channel that we don't really do anything with because nobody really watches our stuff on YouTube. Um, But if you were to look for it, I think it's uncovering unexplained mysteries, something like that. And uh, we have a Facebook group, which is uh, definitely join the group. Don't join the fan page. The fan page sucks. Uh, The the group is Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. You can just look it up. You should be able to find it. And uh, if you want to find me and Josh, uh, separate but equal as Josh likes to say, (laughs) Um, we're on YouTube as well. Josh is at uh, Dancing with Ghosts. You search up Dancing with Ghosts on uh, YouTube and you'll find it. Um, And I am at OCP Communications. It's a reference to Robocop, my favorite uh, fictional character. Nice. And I uh, recently posted a review of a new movie, Game Night, the comedy from 2018, which I highly oh. recommend people check out. It was funny. Cool. It was a nice, clever comedy. If you like Clue, uh, I definitely recommend it. If you like the movie oh. Clue.
2: Nice. Well, thanks. And of course, you can find us. We are on all the social media at Perhaps It's You. People can email us at Perhaps It's You podcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course we have perhaps it's you.com. Check it out. Cause we'll post links to where you can go find Mike and Josh's stuff, including Josh's new album. Um, we really appreciate you guys coming on the show and, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye.
3: See ya.